Welcome to the third annual MRAC Movie Review Award Ceremony. Yay! Very special night indeed. So special. This is this is this is what we this is the build-up. This is what the year is building up to. Because you know, for the folks at home, and cheers to that. Take a drink to that. For the folks at home. For the folks at home. We have well, I'm drinking here. I'm drinking a new Riff Rye, which I was gifted from the Brundell Ray family. And what are we all drinking here tonight? Uh, I have Ezra Brooks uh, Distillers Collection Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. A friend, uh, sorry, a gift from my good buddy Safa. Excellent Shut bourbon. Safa. No, with a touch, with a touch of water. Neat, with a touch of water to open it up. Nice, nice, Brian. What do you got there? You got some, a beer of sorts. This is uh, from North Conway, New Hampshire, the Moat Mountain Brewery. This is uh, one of my second favorite beer from Moat Mountain Brewery. Um, this is Mrs. V's Blueberry Ale. Very good. Wow, there's a lot a, of blueberries looks, in the Northeast, so there's a lot of blueberry products. That looks excellent. It is excellent. Moat Mountain Brewery. You guys come up and visit. We're going to go there. They got a fantastic burger, and they got awesome beers. No, no, I've had I've had blueberry I've had blueberry beers before that don't actually taste like blueberry. It's more in the nose, but but does that actually taste a blueberry? Yeah. Now it's it looks like it's like a it's like a pink. It's, yeah, it's like it's a pink good beer. color on that. Yeah. No, they take their blueberry products seriously up here. Again, there's wild blueberries all over. Every time we go on hikes, the, um, there's like blueberries bushes wild all up mountains, and you can just like oh wow, you, make sure you're picking from a place you don't think a hiker was like peeing, and then just uh, you could just eat it. Yeah, you know, you know what blueberry bushes on a hike mean, don't you? Bears, bears, bears. That means bears. <laughs> Look what you did. Well, that's great. Bears. <laughs> Pete, Pete, what are you drinking? I've got a ten-year Ardbeg Scotch with Ooh, a oh. uh, with a rock in there. Nice, that's Whoa. a favorite. Pete, nice. That up. kind of event, Pete. It's not that kind of event. Wow. Um, also, I think we need a disclaimer here that we're about to spoil seventy movies, so <laughs> nobody can listen to this without being spoiled on something. <laughs> well, well, that's good that you bring that up because while while we have like we got we got two months in the can as far as recording we have been doing this the whole year so we <laughs> prepare for spoilers of what we like the most of movies more so than i don't know how many plots unless we do like best finish or i don't know i don't know whatever anyway what, what are we doing so uh right off the top uh first i want to say we did get feedback from somebody who actually I don't know how, but he went through and listened to all the episodes. And this is Raul from Headlog and Monsters podcast, which uh, I consider a friend. I was on the pod. I've met him in person, Salt Lake City. He's an awesome dude. He's got like super positive energy. He said, uh, at least he did until he listened to us. But 
so he says here, uh, so I just finished all the episodes and y'all had me dying. I love the conversation between how ridiculous you guys get with each other to the playful banter and the deep insight to what is art. Damn, I love it. Exclamation points. So that I, I think I think he was referring to F for fake. Uh, which which episode is that? Oh, that must think? that must have been F for fake. Yeah. Jeez, you mean you think he was referring to the giant debate about what is art? <laughs> good call. That's oh, a really good oh, call. There, there are more to come. There are more to come, Brad. That's you, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> the insight just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's listening to us though, but anyway, we 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 love you, Raul. And I I also should say I don't I mean it's really strange to bring for me to bring this up now because we we haven't done Kubrick month yet, but I happened to watch the last 20 minutes of the supplemental for the first week of Ku of Kubrick month, Paths to Glory. So uh -huh. I watched the last 20 minutes. Of I know it's very strange because, you know, we haven't done Kubrick. That's next week. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was just I about to say that's interesting because we actually we haven't had the Kubrick episode yet. And right. Why would I go and watch the 20 minutes of a movie we haven't even talked about? like the last 20 minutes that, you know, why would I do that? But um, I like the ending. It was very, very interesting ending. I'm not, not to spoil it, but I guess yeah. anyway. So we, we talk in supplementals now. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just, let's just move on. Let's just move on. So what is MRAC? Let's just start. It's the new year. It's 2024. Happy new year, everyone. Let's just go into the history of, what this whole MRAC thing is. What what is it? And and it all it started way back in March of 2020, early COVID. Marco, how did this whole thing come about? Uh well I I was basically stuck in Phuket. So COVID hits. I thought it would be basic well, okay. So COVID happens, lockdown in Shenzhen, February of 2020. Buddy calls me. He says, hey, all the offices are closed. There's still Marco, Marco, stop back away at the beginning. How did COVID start? You were there. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Depends on who you're asking. Because there's quite, there's quite a number of uh, conflicting narratives on that uh, one. Is that why we call uh, him Wuhan Marco? <laughs> oh, <yeah. God>. Okay. <laughs> so... So 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 back back in September of 2019, I went to uh, Yunnan uh, on a a bat viewing tour, uh, and and funny enough, I got bit. Um, no, no, never, never okay. actually, never actually happened. But okay, so so long story short, uh, stuck in Thailand. I'm in lockdown on Phuket, uh, not the worst place to be for for a lockdown. I but I get a call. I don't know if you reached out or we we had one of our catch up calls, Raguchi. But you had the brilliant idea of Raguchi and I both being massive Japanophiles to do a edX course on post World War II Tokyo. It was just a random thing that you know people were getting into in COVID. Oh, I'm stuck at home. Let me let's just take an online course and then we can talk about it. And we had all this free time. And then that evolved into just, I think it was, I think it might've been you. Like we should just explore the new wave films. Well, because yeah, I mean, basically throughout the course and or as a way of 
understanding the, I, I guess, societal changes of the time, um, the the psyche of the, the Japanese people during a, a period of reconstruction. A lot of that was expressed through the films of the time, which we now know as the new wave era of Japanese cinema. So it just kind of seemed natural that if we wanted to, um, what did you say, do extra credit for the course and, and better understand the material that we were working with, we should actually try to start engaging with those films. And and do you remember what the first of, of those films were? Ah, I did not check the, that the was, archive. So that was... It, it was like Lady Snowblood or something? That was... that. No, we we didn't watch that one. Y'all, wa I thought y'all watched Godzilla because I was very we upset did. when I joined. Because I was like, that would that would have been my first month, a Godzilla month. Well, it started with strictly Japanese New Wave. We watched The Face of Another from 1966, and it was most it was all 60s. There were 33 movies in total, but then, well, 30 movies because then we watched three Godzilla movies, and that was kind of that was right at the tail end, and that was right before. That brings into Brian. Brian kind of joined. That was. Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. What yeah. was the first film? Uh, the Face of Another. Face really it was Face of Another. Face of Another. Then we watched Diary of a Shinjuku Thief, and The Woman in the Dunes. These were all just black and white Japanese new wave. They, they were. There was great films, but yeah, we watched. So, so we, what what was the total count of of new wave films we? Because it, it was it was like four months of just new wave. Yeah, there were. I might have. I I started keeping track after, so I might have missed a couple. But there were thirty three minus the Godzillas. Plus, we watched one cut of the dead and Tampopo. So that's one, two, three, four, five, twenty eight. We watched twenty eight Japanese new wave films. Twenty eight Japanese new wave films. And then, my, Brian started coming in in September, right? Because we watched the Korean Vengeance trilogy. That was when we decided, hey, let's just every month do a new director or something. And were you there for those? So, so we had... I I came in the very last Japanese, Japanese New Wave. Very uh -huh. last movie I came in. Oh, okay. Okay. It was, it was, I don't know what it was. It was very abstract. It was... Uh, and then, yeah. So, and so we, we had... That, we decided, hey, let's just each carry it a month. We, we we briefly had like one or two other members like uh Colin Colin was was with us for for like a month I think um he would always but, dip in uh, and out and he would do things like he would watch the movie without the subtitles and not ask how to get the subtitles so he would be completely... <laughs> not yeah not bother to ask about the subtitles and so that was September, October, November. We did. I'm not going to rattle off every single month, but we did 70s Italian horror. We did documentaries. And then Brian's first month was January of 2021. Do you remember what that was? I I, I, I was, was that oh, the, your first month was Samurai Month? Yeah, yeah Samurai's. And because your, your documentary month contributions, that was the the, the climbing that was, was that an entire month yeah that was we did a group documentary where each of us brought a documentary so there was hearts of darkness valley uprising king corn and the cave of forgotten dreams and and so the, when did pete join pete joined in may of 2021 
right at the end. What was the first movie, Pete? Do you watch? You remember? I think it was French Extreme. Oh, it might have been the dance club movie. That was your that was. was your inaugural month. Yeah. <laughs> it was climax. And you stayed? <laughs> <laughs> that was the test. We put it through the Gaspar Noe test of we watched That is literally <laughs> the worst month. That was that was the worst month ever. But we but we 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 highly recommend the movie Climax. Everybody should see it. No. No, I I will never watch that again in my entire life. I can safely say. Just I, I think I think we need we need to have like the five year anniversary awards where we we have awards over the last five years. Yeah, definitely. And all right, are we, should, we ready to do some awards? Wait, wait. Let's hold on, hold on. Just a couple more stats. A couple. Let more him stats. finish. Let him finish. A couple more. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Pete. First month, do you remember what Pete's first month was that he chose in September of 2021? I September guess. 20. So, so that that was Tamil Nadu, right? That, that was Tamil. the that Tamil, was Tamil. Tamil India month. A great month. Great month. Yeah, can I, yeah. can I say, I was thinking about this. We Somebody dropped in the chat. You think about directors, like some of their first movies were their best because they don't know what the rules are. They don't know. You know, we discussed this the other week. Um, with Orson Welles and Citizen Kane, they don't know what the rules are. They come in and they break all these traditions and they make something great. I think that's maybe that's what happened with Pete's first month. So Pete peaked. Oh, oh, rookie, <laughs> no, rookie, rookie month. Peaked. Yeah, rookie month of the club. Was, all da- the all downhill, month. all downhill from there. <laughs> well, it is tough. I mean, Bry, you could. I mean, sometimes there's no, there is no surpassing a month like Iceland. Remember Iceland month? That that's There's one of no the way I could recreate that. There's no way. Greatest find. I one of the greatest finds of all of the MRAC history was Icelandic month. Who who knew? Who knew? Other than the people of Iceland, the three hundred thousand. The people of Iceland have always known. They've always known. But as for the rest of us, <laughs> it's just like a cinematic treasure trove. Yeah. <laughs> that was April of twenty twenty one. And so my last bit of stats that I have is our total films, not including supplementals, main features. So me and Marco have seen a total by my count of 186, which is quite a few movies. Brian, you've seen 168, but actually if you came in, it might be 169. If you came in, I didn't realize you saw New Wave. Yeah. And Pete, 133. Yes. And yeah, so let's let's get into the awards for this month. So we we got there have been 12 months this year. How many can anyone right off the top of your head? How many how many of those months have been director theme? The theme has been a director. Anyone take a guess? In most of the first month, the third month. Um, there have been seven. Seven. Seven out of the twelve. Seven. Seven out of yeah, twelve. Sergi really quite cool. high. Sergio Leone. And then um Pete had Swedish cinema for the second month. But then we had Kurosawa. And then we had The Cost of Living, Brian's um month by um it was what was the theme of that one? The the what's that word where people move in and other people move out? Gentrification. Gentrification. Yeah gentrification month and then we had lucio fulci then renzo hosted a month 
uh, meaning in existence, which was a deep one. And then we had Pete Classic Circus Month in July of 2023. Then we had Herzog and Klaus Kinski. Then we had Hitchcock, Cronenberg, Pete's Mystery Theme, and Orson Welles. And that was our 2023. So let's let's get into it, huh? So exciting. All right. First award is, it seems like I'm building tension, but I'm just looking for the, okay, here it is. All right. <laughs> best on-camera meal. <laughs> The best, the best on-camera meal. All right, this this one this one has its origin in in La Grande Bouffe, I believe. Oh man, or Food Month? No, we had Food Month. Who did Food Month? Was that you, Brian? Right, last year. That was Brian. Yeah, last year was Food Month. So that that that, but you know, there's still plenty of foods to go around, plenty of meals. Why don't we start with Pete? What did you have for best on-camera meal? Okay, um, so I already made this statement a few weeks ago, but. I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Charlton Heston enjoying his apple. That's what I'm going to stick with. What Great movie? One. Great one. Um, what was it there? Soylent Green. So oh, that was Soylent Green. Yeah. Yeah. Just Heston and his buddy enjoying their their uh, simple foods that that they struggle to ever get a hold of. Yeah. Well, like the the, the beef stew and the and the plain lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. I'm yeah, going to go with that. That was that was total joy right there. Yeah. Great food scene. Fantastic. There's nothing like that's the most enjoyed food when you haven't had it like well ever, like a fresh apple, you know. Um yeah. mine is uh brundlefly. Brundlefly eating anything, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Marco, what did you have? I I actually initially had Brundlefly, and then I, I crossed. I, I I had to say no, no, no. I have to go for Orson Welles and F for Fake, uh, the restaurant scene when he goes through that massive like five pound. No, it's mussels. I think first <laughs> a gigantic plate of mussels, then a massive five pound lobster, and then steak au poivre uh, immediately afterwards. <laughs> That's a great moment in Pfeffer Fake when he just says, I'll have the steak off of. <laughs> like when he's been eating for like hours. That man knew how to enjoy life. That's uh, yeah. that's what we learned. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. Brian, what about you? Well, you know, my runner up, I, and I almost chose this. My runner up was from City of the Living Dead. Um, and this is a real deep cut even for this category um there was a cemetery worker that was just working in the cemetery who just kept chewing big league chew there was just something that <laughs> just talked to me but the winner i have to go with our, our our friend 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 of the film club he's given us a personal introduction to a, a movie before orson wells f for fig oh the same one right yeah I remember. I actually remember that conversation though from from um, City of the Living Dead. Like, are they eating in the cemetery? Like, are they just eating? Big League Chew at that. Big League Chew. Yeah. Can you can you still find Big League Chew? Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. I saw it the other day, actually. Oh, in the stores. Yep. Oh wow! Can you still get it in an ice cream truck though? That's how I remember it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on, the next award is the funniest scene. 
So I don't know about you guys. I was going through this and I was like, there wasn't a lot of laughs this year. We had a lot of heavy films, but there was still some comedy to be had. And comedy is very subjective. So why don't this time we start with Marco? What is right, so so this this may have been I can't remember if this was a, a supplemental, but um Charlie Chaplin, the circus. Uh, the type uh, tightrope walk scene. I I was laughing out loud for quite a lengthy period of time. That is a a fantastic piece of physical comedy. Yeah, that that would that was a main feature. Yeah, the the circus. That's a good. Thought, one. Okay, that was a main feature. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it was not. It was not a main feature. It was not a main. I feature. thought it was. Wait, what? No, if you read yes, below, if you read on the slide, it says it's not. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it is supplemental. Oh. Yeah. Circus month, um, he who gets slapped, the circus free. Oh, that's because it's in red. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, I'm not going to spoil my. I'll, I'll just go next, I guess, because I also had the circus, and my my. I was I was trying to think of what was like the funniest scene that I thought, and that was the the where he, he unintentionally gets the job. I thought that when he when he goes into the circus and he's just like just take these just take these out just put these and he just keeps falling and just like the crowds like roaring with laughter. I didn't laugh out loud. I am, I'm you know it's just maybe it's just the thing with me. I'm against laughing out loud in general, but you know I do appreciate I do understand that it has to be done. That's sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is a brave moral stand you're taking there, uh, Rikichi. But, but so. <laughs> I did, I do conceptually. I see how it's funny. So the circus, I'm going to put down the he unintentionally gets the job. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, and way to suck all the humor out of that. <laughs> he, what, what, you, what about I, your funniest? He, he didn't. He didn't. Laugh, he didn't laugh so much as, um, as golf clapped. His way through that scene, like, oh, very, very good. Very I nodded. Very I was show. like, I, I, I get it that a, a human would find this funny. I understand that the sound of laughter makes me cringe, but I understand. <laughs> Pete, um, I also had the tightrope scene from the circus uh, because, go. yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't have a lot of comedy this year. So, hey, also it was funny, you know. Don't listen. You don't have to demean. Listen. <laughs> I said, you know what? I have the circus as well, but I have a different scene. I have the scene. I remember talking about this during our discussion. The scene when Charlie Chaplin is like sits down next to his love interest and they kind of like share a sandwich and they're going back and forth. And Raguch, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say I did laugh out loud several times. I laughed out loud and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And that's why you're going to hell, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to. I try not to judge, but you know, it's you know, teaches them. Can we know though? That's three different scenes from the same movie. Uh, which one was it again? Specific scene. The, the where him and his love interest are like sitting outside and they're like sharing a sandwich and that, he's like he's, he's, he's boiling like, water in the can. Yeah, it, it was just it was an like, overall amazing scene. It was it was it was like three straight minutes of laughter. I you know what? I'm going to change my answer to that. Because I almost put that, and then I put the other one, and you know what? Just for it to be Sainzies, I'm gonna change it because that was wow. right up there, almost tied with that for best scene. So we, we we already we already have a sweep on the circus. Yeah, yeah. As all right. So next, oh, we and, and I we and guys, I just I assume that the Orson Welles wine commercial is completely off limits for this. <laughs> oh wait, wait, hold on. 
เพราะว่าโอ้โหโอ้ยโอ้ยโอ้ยโอ้ย because I think I think I actually uh no that's I, unintentional I, I, that's unintentional humor oh oh wait 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 I I had I had that for for a different category okay okay okay, okay. save it save it up yeah 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 all right next scene is the best death now this is a great one it's because there's usually I mean I bring the horror. I'm not saying that there has to be n u m b e r one of my months, but there's a lot of deaths that go on over the course of you know the MRAC. More more la- more deaths than laughs. You know, is that life? It's to be. It's to be. It's to be debated. But Brian, what did you have? Will you go first for your best? Okay. Best death. Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna go with Arn's treasure, the horse drowning, and I'm not gonna go with. Uh, Satan, Satan Tango, Satanango, where the kid kills the cat. That's because certain. Oh, right. Before oh, you, it, it's because it's because it's not favorite death, right? It's best. Yeah, that was a horrible death. That was the most horrible. <laughs> oh, death. And I'm absolutely not gonna go with Throne of Blood when the man was shot by a hundred arrows from his own men. I'm gonna go with Enigma, uh, Death by Snails. I, I thought this was hands down the winner. Ooh. Wow, a supplemental of Fulci Month, where Death somebody was snails. smothered in snails. <laughs> <laughs> Great one. Oh, all right. I'm gonna put uh, Enigma Death by Snail smothering. All right. Uh, next up, Pete. What did you have? Oh, this one's tough. So I, I feel like if I got to watch Rashomon again right now, I would pick the the much repeated death from from that movie or the story from that movie. But um, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the end of He Who Gets Slapped and the way the clown he dies. Ooh, so you know, so theatrically after he gets after he gets stabbed and then comes out on stage. And it, and he's holding his heart, and it's and he's bleeding out of his chest, um, and the circus performs around him. I'm going to go with that. Wow, interesting choice. Great one. Yeah, yeah, good, good, definitely. All right, I'm going to have this was up for my best practical effect, but I went with something else, and I decided I I'm a sucker for an exploding head, no matter no matter what. It's going to be my favorite. <laughs> So I'm gonna go with scanners. The head explosion scene at the beginning, just for me, slam dunk. It's an obvious front runner. That that's a yeah. good. I'm, you know, it's classic. Yeah. It's classic. All right, Marco. What about you? Nothing can compare to the exploding head and scanners, <laughs> nice. uh, which which is is actually a, a a gif I've used on a number of occasions to. <laughs> <laughs> to present a point uh, via texting, and it, and it it never fails. No, it could be. It's 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 multifunctional. It can be used in so many different situations. The exploding head. I just have to say that Hitchcock is rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't you can't compare to Cronenberg on that. It's just it's not possible. Okay, next category is worst parenting. Now, this where... has to be unanimous, but I'll stop there. It has to be unanimous. This one, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe 
But what, how did this come about? Does anyone remember where this was? Because some of these categories are specific to like one movie or something. One film. Oh, that's it's right. Sure it's specific to one film. Because if I'm looking, if we're talking last year, the the worst parenting was, so Pizza Basket Case, Belail's parents. Uh, I had Brando's real, Marlon Brando's real life parents. Marco had Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Oh, oh, this was shocking. Yeah. And from Titan, Brian had Vincent, but he was confused as to who the parent, the children were. Movie. Was, Wait, who was it the year before? Because it was it was the year before that started the worst parenting. I right. think. Let me the year before. I'm going to get there. Give me it has one. To be, it has to be unanimous. Um, I'm, I'm I'm ashamed that I, that I don't remember. Oh, it was. Well, was it a Miike? Was it from Miike month? No, I don't. Every parent in every Mike movie, maybe. Me and me and Pete said Carrie's mom. Marco said the float the dad from Floating Lives, and I think that's kind of where it started. That that was time month. Oh, interesting. And then Brian. Oh, said, Flo Floating Lives was Viet Vietnam month, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, right. And then Brian had Lone Wolf from Lone Wolf and Cubs. So I don't. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the the samurai brought his little baby into battle with him. Every I think you, I I that's I I don't know I don't know I think that's best dad ever. Yeah, it's it, you, you got to look at it the concept con, the, in the context of the times, you know. Okay, what, what five okay. year old okay, Marco? What five year old doesn't want to go into battle? Come okay, on, okay, Marco. Okay, well, how about rewind to the beginning of the movie where he puts his baby down in front of a ball and a sword and it's like all right crawl to one of them and if he crawls to the ball he was going to kill him <laughs> all, yes. all i'm saying is that with parenting like that i'd be a lot further along in life right now <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all anyways right. sorry this category all right. <laughs> this is what we're here all night i i'm gonna i'm gonna go first for this the man klaus kinski that's what i put Wait, the actual like hold on, the actual person Klaus Kinski? The man Klaus Kinski, yes, because there was some <laughs> like his parents? <laughs> no, him. He... Oh no. Oh, oh no, you're right. No, no, that <laughs> that is the correct answer. Because <laughs> there's a documentary. Oh my god, he's up for the running because there's a documentary, right? Oh yeah, he, apparently there's some inappropriate things with him and his daughter, which was which made what was the what was it? Wojciech? Not Wojciech. The what no, no, no. Aguirre, Aguirre, which made Aguirre more more disturbing when you knew the real life story of Klaus Kinski and his daughter. But that that's my answer. I don't know what what Brian you were referencing, but we'll find out. Marco. Um. All right. Now. Uh. Okay. I had uh Nola Carveth from The Brood. Bravo. Bravo. Oh, that's the correct yeah, answer. I, I also thought that was going to be a sweep. That's yeah. a sweep. She, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about I don't know how. I don't remember I don't remember that one. What did she do? She 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 birthed the brood, uh a a homicidal pack of um genetically stunted children. <laughs> The the um oh I remember that physical <laughs> okay. but that that's got to beat Klaus Kinski yeah. whatever he did however horrible it was oh, he yeah. didn't 
he didn't create a brood that murdered people. But my uh, my <laughs> argument yeah. against that because it was these the brood were the physical manifestation of her unconscious, and they were they were still real. Yeah, they were real, but they were acting on behalf of her subconscious. So she didn't. So she, she, she didn't. Parent. She did. She didn't make much of an effort to. to... <laughs> Well, she didn't know. She didn't know that the brood were were causing this damage. I, I mean, are you sure about that? Listen, I've seen this movie a lot. I it think. was. It's like my my children keep murdering people. Maybe I should uh, see a therapist about my rage issues. Well, she was Although technically she was seeing a therapist. Was, hey, about the her rage therapist issues. was helping her. The therapist was helping okay. her out. <laughs> All right, fine. Maybe she didn't know that they were murdering people. Okay, so when your children are going around murdering people and you don't know, you get worst parent of the year. That's it. Well, you you could also say she was in the care of a of a psychologist. The physician was in control of the brood more, and then she didn't know the stuff was going on. Anyway, we can debate this all night. Uh, Brian, what did, what did you have? Oh wait, you had you had the brood, I guess. Edmar, I had the brood. I had the brood. That was yeah, by far, by okay. far. Nola Cabot. I'll I'll stick with uh, the brood. Yeah, I'll stick with that. Sounds okay. good. All right. So nobody picked nobody picked um uh the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus' parents. <laughs> what dude? <laughs> well, if you dude. think about it, God did just le- let his son be crucified. I mean, I mean he's a terrible like that's <laughs> he, he knew what was going to happen the whole time. Let your son go down and basically get tortured and killed. Come on, as, as, as the one as the one practicing Catholic here, I have a lot of grievances about this conversation. <laughs> hey, Marco, it was runner up. It was runner up. Okay, Marco, bring in a confession. <laughs> okay, next next one is uh, best use of music. Pete, you're up for first. Uh, which film? Um, music. So. So I'm gonna give it to Sergio Leone, or, and uh, who's his musician? Is that guy's name? Enri- uh, Enrico Marco, the um, composer Enrico Marconi. Yeah. So, and, and I watched all I watched all four of these movies. That I went to the duels on YouTube, and it's all about the music at the duel for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. The duel, any specific duel, or just the duels in general? No, I'll just say in general. I mean, you got. Um, uh, let's see what was. What was the name of the the series there? The oh the the dollars uh, yeah okay the trilogy there's the, the man there's the man with no name trilogy the dollars trilogy yeah so I watched um, a few dollars more and then good the bad and the ugly and then after that was once upon a time in the west but I'm I'm just gonna give it to Sergio Leone give him the award right and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna piggyback off of that I had the same Marconi it was a no brainer for me. And as far as music, the my favorite song was the intro of A Fistful of Dollars. But uh, the music throughout the whole yeah. thing, Ennio Morricone, yeah, it just makes makes that movie. We went into it in detail. Uh, Marco, what did you have? So I, I also had uh, Sergio Leone with uh, Morricone. Uh, and um, just out of the totality of the entire month, because, I mean, I, that... A big part of that that month uh, in general was was the use of the music in the film, and and there's so much of of his work that is now 
kind of just part of um, the cultural landscape, I guess. However, uh, I I did want to sneak in a runner-up, which Ooh. was uh, Fitzcarraldo when he's going through the Amazon and he's trying to bring culture to the Amazonian tribes by playing Enrico Caruso uh, <laughs> on on top of the boat. I uh, I, I I initially I, that was my first thought. It was like a specific like one specific scene and the use of music like that. That was my vote, but. You can't ignore um, everything within the the Sergio Leone month, so I, I have to give it to Leone and Maricone. But for like one specific scene as a runner up, I would, would uh, put Fitzcarraldo. I think that's great that you you brought that up because Maricone, I mean, the music itself. I mean, of course, it had an integral part of the film, but the music itself is so good. But that like Fitzcarraldo music had such a big part of the movie and like the motivations and everything. So that's great, great choice, good shout out. Bry, what do you got? Morricone? So, yeah, I, I agree with um, the totality of the music in uh, Morricone and Leone, uh, but specifically the Ecstasy of Gold. I think the Ecstasy of Gold is is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and so that that was used, I think, predominantly in, in or, or maybe, maybe even solely in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, I do have, a, so so it's unanimous between the four, but I, I do have a runner-up. It's a different runner-up. Um, and that is in, uh, how do you pronounce it? Satan Tango? Satan Tango? Satan Tango. Satan Tango. I thought the accordion theme that played throughout that entire seven hour movie, um, was haunting and it really carried the car. I thought it carried the mood of the movie. Wow. Oh, you actually remember it? So. On that note, I'm going to go with our next category, which is best scene. Okay. Now, I love... Uh, wait, wait. Just, just just, before you do that, I, I want to... Um, Ennio. I, I said Enrico. It's Ennio Morricone. I just, I just want to make sure we get that right. Good correct. So, composer. Worked with Sergio Leone, as well as a number of other uh, directors and, and film works. Would you like me to take you saying that and and cut it up and throw it back and look like you didn't make? A no, no, I, I I'm I'm happy to embarrass myself for the uh, right. for the sake of the film club. Okay. So best scene. Now, interesting. You bring up that movie Satan Tango, because as for some reason I'm like, what do I do for best scene? I I I couldn't I couldn't shake this scene. I just couldn't shake it as it might be what might have been a miserable experience for some was my favorite scene of the entire year. And that was that goddamn party scene in Satan Tango when it showed it from two different angles. The guy was playing an accordion and they were dancing for a total of 20 minutes. And I just the sheer balls of of putting that in a movie and. The fact that that exists, I I couldn't pick anything else. So mine was <laughs> the party scene. For me. So I I've been calling it Satan Tango. Is that not the pronunciation, Marco? Satan Satan Tango. Satan Tango. Oh, can I go next? Can I go next here? Pete, you can go next. Okay, okay. So I I had the same thing. 
Um, so, uh, I thought it was going to be a sweep. That's why I wanted to go last. I, I, that would have been, that comment would have been more impactful if Brian, it was also Brian's, but, uh, no, no. Yeah. The, 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 the party scene, uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore for 20 <laughs> minutes straight. <laughs> Not stuff. But funny enough at the time, like I was like about to go insane watching watching that movie but after after it was discussed and and the 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 amount the amount of mileage that i've gotten just out of referring to that scene i i have to i have to and, give it to to sudden tango and when the scene's over i think they like pan the room i i just don't remember it it's been oh, so many yeah. months but I, I remember they're just panning the room when everybody passed out yeah su- such a good good moment there they panned the entire room 360 degrees behind people passed out where it's just black for a time. And then it just, yeah, it was, it was great. I'm but glad that one, that was that deserved to win. That is a great scene. Yeah. You want to just change? You want to just, I, I think, I think that, that also that. that, 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 that movie also had uh, my least favorite scene, which was uh, the, the girl killing the cat. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk. I'm going to go fill my drink up. I'm not even going to talk about that. <laughs> wow, how dare you, Marco, bring that up in front of QQ. Wait, hold on. Brian was the one to bring it up. I, I wasn't, I didn't even remember it until you said something. Wow, fuck all of you humans. <laughs> the next category is biggest creep. So, Next up, uh, first here is going to be Marco. What did you have for the biggest creep? A classic award. Oh, mm. all right. Well, it has to be um, Beverly and Elliot Mantle from Dead Ringers. The Mantle Twins. Good choice. Good choice. Man- yes, yes. The, the Mantle Twins, who, who act as, as well as the twins in real life, who would sexually molest their patients. While they're on the doctor's chair, one one could call that creepy. If, if one were so inclined, I was looking at the past. Uh, it's big... got to be. I think. I think the basket case won it last year, right? Oh, I'm looking at 2021. The the eunuch Jang. Three of the four of us had eunuch Jang. Oh God, from, from China oh. Month. Yeah, and it also <laughs> involved, um, you know, children. And Brian, you had Ichi the Killer. Oh, yeah. Ichi the Killer was... I'm sorry. Man, that dude was creepy. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with Ichi for for any number of... uh, And then then last year, I'm almost... At least I think I I voted for Basket Case, the guy from Basket Case. No, it's interesting. Marco is the only one who voted for Belial from Basket Case, but then... Really? The, th- the rest of us voted for Frank Zito from Maniac. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean oh, he was pretty yeah. creepy. But oh, then, Brian, yeah. you also had it either as a tie or a runner-up. Fucking Vincent from Titan, the dad, who you really had to beat. <laughs> that guy, that guy was creepy. <laughs> All based on the fact that you thought that was his, his, his dad. His actual daughter. I hold my, my grounds. I hold my grounds. All right. So, Brian, what about this year? What is your what is your biggest creep? Oh, oh, Brian, Brian has switched his drink. Yeah, you have to introduce uh, your drink oh, if you're gonna bring in a new one. Ah, uh, this is an Irish whiskey. This is uh, Irish gold. Yeah, Irish gold and Irish whiskey. Good stuff. 
Nice. I'll cheers to that. I switched up um, my fancy rye to uh, wild turkey bourbon. Ooh. One, wild turkey 101. And, and it looks like we're both neat, so There we go. Definitely. the only Cheers. way to drink. Okay. Um, so I'm not so I was very tempted to for for biggest creep to choose any male actor in a Cronenberg movie, but I didn't do that. Um, and I also didn't pick Klaus Kinski. But I do have a very strong runner-up. Well, I mean, this one is so tight. It's so tight. The very strong runner-up was from the movie uh, The New York Ripper. And it was the man who uh, who towed the woman in her private parts. I thought that was pretty creepy. He towed her. And that was just, you know, that was, it was a sick scene. And it's hard, Oh, that's right. And in, in the hard brothel. to beat that It, it's hard to beat that one, but for overall totality of creepiness, because that was a standalone incident, totality of creepiness, a man who really based his life off of being a creep and dressing up like his mom and murdering people, Norman Bates, psycho. Hey. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It, it, because it's devotion that it's like it's psychotic devotion. And for that, you, you get the creep award. But again, I I'm a I'm a I'm amazed the the degree to which you can like I can barely remember the the full chi. It's it's been so long at this point. It's like your your ability to remember like the details going that far back. Impressive. Notes, notes. Notes. Ah, I review okay. all of my notes while I'm looking at awards. And when I watch movies, I'm like, oh, that's going to be Creep Award right there. And I'll make a note. And and you also you went deep into Fulci, which I always you know I appreciated. Rich, you know, if you give if you give if you give a month like that, you know, I have to watch all of them. It's it's, it's some sick part of me. Going balls. I know I may or may not enjoy it, but I'm going to do it. All right, just wait till next month. Oh, Christ. All right, Pete, you're up. Biggest creep. Um, I second the motion. Norman Bates. Yes. Whoa. See. I don't know with Norman Bates. He he's got that like Stand up guy. Stand up guy. fully he has trauma from the way he was from in mental health issues from the way he was treated by his mother. So I don't see him so much as a creep as as more of a victim. Oh, at, at a certain point, victim does become non-victim, though. I mean, yeah. Or, or I mean, become you can co you can co-own both spaces. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can own both spaces. Maybe I just empathize with him. <laughs> okay, my my creep was again. I kind of have a a tie, but not. I'm just gonna go with Klaus Kinski, the man for based on what what happened with worst parenting situation, which made it a creepy. But then I also put uh, the brood from the brood, like the little creep in a different kind of creep, all of them like. Creepers, the brood, yeah, yeah, the actual brood, yeah, the brood, any of them, any of them, any of very them. creepy. So I'm still decided. I might just go with the brood just to give Klaus Kinski a break. Um, here's an interesting one: best love scene. Now this came, this came out of Marco's porn month last year, I think, and or class. I'm sorry, I shouldn't call it porn month. Classic films that might as well be porn, but that They it might also, as well be. I mean, but yeah, not so, not so, technically. If we look at last year, we have, oh, we have a mix of stuff.
Oh, that's 2022. Brian, again, Titan, you were all over that. The sex with the car. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. 2020. Was, I, I nominated Titan for a lot of awards and none of them were good. I didn't even enjoy them. won <laughs> <laughs> many awards. In my brain. That wasn't, no, that wasn't French Extreme Month. That was Techno Fetishism Month. And Correct. Marco had In the Realm of uh, the Senses, the Japanese film. And then I, I'm pretty much the entirety of that film, just right. Which which I have except except the old except the old geisha, but that was kind of gross. But which I think everything, everything else it made many of our most awkward scenes. Which I'll, the the <laughs> film also made Marco's best love scene. And uh, Tetsuo, the drill penis, and of horses and men <laughs> from Pete, the horses, I believe. Uh, but this year, what do we got for best love scene? Brian, you're up. Um, I'm gonna go with um, a a very shirtless Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis in The Fly. You know, nice. I, I expect, particularly not like not necessarily the first love scene between them when they were both human, but really when he started to change and started to like do backflips around his apartment and act like a gymnast those love scenes um though i think those were classic he was very athletic in that in that during that part of the film yeah good one good one um pete wait 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 wait, pause. wait, wait can we can we pause for one second and say pete after Gooch mark the time down it, Mar marco you should mute your mute your thing until when you talk because that, that oh is it that bad yeah, it's coming. It's coming up. I can hear it. Oh, uh, so it's it's both the music and the talking, right? I hear the talking. You hear the talking. Just right. the talking. Yeah. yeah, I can I can edit that in post. You can? How? I actually let me, can. Let me let me let me go into it. Let me just go into another room. Well, wait, 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 Raguchi. If this is easy for you to edit, then it's not a big deal. Well, it's not easy. I would have to go oh. into his his track because we're all in four different audio tracks i would have to go into his and mute it when there's talking and then bring oh, it yeah. up me talk so it'd be more oh, no, that's, impossible. that's impossible you don't want to do that how long i haven't even noticed it how long has it been going on for it's just starting it it's getting worse over time okay she is she is she is for the folks at home, this is, you know. No, no, there's no, this one, this part I assume is being cut, right? Yeah, yeah, this there's is. No this way, yeah, it's <laughs> like no... saying for the folks at home. I think that came from, I got that from Norm MacDonald. His, Norm, the Norm MacDonald podcast, he kept saying that. And Super Dave Osborne was guessing, why do you keep saying the folks at home? All right, that, that, that should be better. Did you ever see Super Dave Osborne? In the uh, dunking the basketball clip, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I just got, that that came my way on Instagram a few weeks ago. Okay, wait, I think did you might have sent it to me? Wait, did you? Send uh, it? I don't know. I it, remember it seeing it recently. Yeah, that's a great one. Or it was just like doing the rounds, the Instagram rounds. All right, who we we we're at? Um, say now you're yeah you were gonna say Pete I think. Uh, best love scene, Pete. What do you got? Okay, um, so this scene is not 
a physical love scene. It's like an emotional love scene. But it's um, mm. the, the movie Sawdust and Tinsel. The way the movie starts with the lady in the ocean and all the soldiers around her. And then they tell the clown who's like her husband or boyfriend or something. And he has to go down there and sort of like take her away from all the troops and carries her back. And as he carries her back, there's just an extremely emotional scene between the two of them. So that was my my pick. Wow, Pete. We're on like the same wavelength because I also picked Sawdust and Tinsel. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't. I wrote it down that I forget which exact scene I picked. Well, but, well which couple though? There's there's two couples. Which couple I, were you talking about? I think it. I think I was leaning more towards the the girl when she met the the that, that guy with all the makeup on his face when you when he oh was, yeah 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 that one that scene specifically. But yeah, okay, so when she was when she was seduced by the famous theater guy, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay, that one was more what I had in mind. But I also thought about at the end when he kind of resigned the they resigned to being with each other. The main guy and then that girl was also another one. I was just kind of like, ah, there hasn't been a lot of love scenes this year because it's been dark and heavy. So I'll just go with that. Yeah, sawdust and tinsel. Marco, what do you got? Uh, I nearly I nearly went with the fly. Uh, I came pretty close, but but I ended up um, going with Cobra Verde. And uh, Klaus Kinsey uh, getting all three of the plantation owner's daughters pregnant. Good one. one. <laughs> Very, <laughs> that tracks with you, Marco. That's a track. <laughs> I, I was, I was, a, you know, a great power move on Cobra Verde's part. Um, it was great, quite a flex. Great power uh, move. For the folks at home, yeah, they, great, they great flex. I, I should say, in Marco's defense, for the folks at home that, and who haven't seen Cobra Verde, they didn't sh actually show anything. You just kind of jumped ahead in time, and it was implied that he had all the daughters. We, well, we well the, the first that, one, we... the first one, they go off, and then and then they fall on the ground together, and then and you you don't you don't find out about the other two until later. But it's we just know that you guys enjoy your toxic masculinity, so it's, it's clear now. <laughs> For the folks oh, at home, we just want it to be very clear. Marco is not condoning this, right, Marco? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that if you're going to a, a exploit um, and enslave a, a population of workers, uh, a, a good, a good way to, to kind of show that that individual whose boss is to, um, I don't know. Maybe uh, seduce his three daughters. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was the opportunity to like clear the name. <laughs> you just <laughs> lead right into it. You can either lead into it or you can lead away. <laughs> but the key it, word there is if, if, if you are. Yeah. Not, not that, yeah, not that he has an intention to. But there were, you know, there are slim pickings. It was consensual. Yeah, actually, no, that that's, that's, that, that's true. important to, true. No, that's true. important to point out. Yeah, yeah. And in, in a year of of not a lot of it wasn't a lovey dubby year. It was it was like I think we've we've kind of it seems like it's it's been a dark heavy year. Not it, in, it really it really was in films, yeah, yeah, and, and overall, yeah. All right, the next one we got 
Marco, we're just going to like lean into you here. We're going to start with you within the next category, which is best practical effects. Now, this can be there was a lot of debate in years past about what exactly is a practical effect. A practical effect is just a special effect in a movie that's done completely by hand, doesn't have any CGI or, or digital manipulation or anything. Uh, for example, the best practical effect of 2022, we had Tetsuo the Iron Man, the Exploding Head and Maniac, and the Bridge on the River Kwai, bridge. which was the yeah, dating scene where he just like rode a bridge. They actually took a train <laughs> and drove it off of a real bridge that they built. So those are some examples of a best practical effect, horror or non. So Marco, what do you got? Uh, I have Scanners. The exploding head can't can't really compare. Great choice, great choice. I like I said that was in my running, and I went for best death. So, but that is a that is an excellent choice. Scanner the exploding head, where they they actually shot. It was a anyone who hasn't seen it. It's it, it's they actually took a head and stuffed it with stuff and, and shot it with a shotgun, and that's how they got that scene. <laughs> So that's like, the, you can get away with that stuff back in the day. You can now, you know, you can't do that shit. Uh, Brian, what'd you have? Uh, yeah, this is, this is tough. Um, it wasn't tough, actually. No, I know. I want to give respect to Aguirre, the wrath of God. I really want to give respect to that because, you know, actually floating rafts, man-made rafts down a, a raging river is pretty impressive. That being said, the animatronic fly in the fly it was, uh, really? I, and because I, I really, I watched a 20 minute documentary on how they, how they pulled off the entire last 20 minutes of that movie. And it was, and it was award-winning. I mean, they, they won awards for, for the work that they did. And it was, there were multiple crews that were operating and controlling the robots. It was, it was just awesome. That was a great job because it showed that it was like a puppet. It was an actual yeah. puppet, animatronic puppet they were controlling and, yeah. and had like five different versions of it, which some of them were just legs hanging from the ceiling. And yeah. yeah, it was great. Wait, wait, I might, I, I hate, I hate to do this, guys. I, I may have to change my answer. Oh, we got one. We got one. You can do I, it. No, no, I have to. I have to. It's no, it's, it's, it, it has to be this. It has to be this. I, I, I was not thinking when, when we did practical effects, I was thinking I, I, I was too fixated on the body horror. But after Brian's answer, I, I, I have, I have, may I, may I, do we have you to may. take a vote on this? Yeah, no, no, you, you, it's your vote, your choice. You do it has, it has wow. to be Fitzgeraldo. It has to be Fitzgeraldo dragging, just... dragging an entire boat mechanically without any use of of technology um dragging an entire boat over a mountain and yeah. and over one of your over one of your crew members also <laughs> wait wait that 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 part that one wasn't that that didn't actually happen there were there were deaths but you, you not not the one that you see in the film okay that's not the one because because it back it that happens in the film but that wasn't an actual death there were but, other but deaths but not happened, that one but like it actually happened right i thought somebody actually did get run over but yeah. but actually run over I, I okay i i i thought they died in a different fashion but either way best practical effect 
does it does it, it has to be make Fitzgeraldo. It... <laughs> I thought Marco, I thought you were gonna switch to the fly for a second. I thought he was gonna switch to the fly too. No, no, it it, ha- it absolutely has to be Fitzgeraldo. Like, uh, you know, it's funny when you say Fitzgeraldo. I actually, instead of picking Aguiar, I, pro- I probably I think Fitzgeraldo is more impressive than the Aguiar. Although the Aguiar, the Aguiar was was Wrath of God was also super impressive too, because that's really putting yourself out there. Like, dude, hey, go stand on these logs that you tied together and go down that those rapids. It's like, what well, any any Herzog, any Herzog, and and basically just recreating how how it actually would have happened historically or or, or naturally it, it, it's going to be a front runner for that marco you know I, I i was reading back over my Herzog notes i forgot which is one of the last movies i went through where i was like just fed up with everything because i was just i i i mean i i, I enjoyed the whole experience but at the end i'm just like my takeaway on Herzog was he was a guy who did things because he asked he asked himself in he asked himself can i do this as opposed to should i do this and that, that's the one of the one of the notes that i wrote down about Herzog. that was my takeaway yeah. from no, if he, i, he, I he's, one he's the is the sir edmund hillary of uh, directors what an experience that month was that was that was huge that was a big debate too about Oh yeah, we went in. We I wish we had that. One. I wish we recorded yeah. that one. Those, those were great. Uh, okay, Pete. Pete, best practical effect. Yeah, I'll go with uh, Grundle Fly just falling apart in front of Gina Davis. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and all the junk coming out of his mouth at the same time. Grundle Fly, yeah. Uh, so for me, yeah, I I actually had. Brundlefly as my as my best just just for what what we said Bri for what you said and and Pete just yeah just the that the these Pete the amount of resources and people that went into creating this creature and getting capturing this on film was unbelievable but I knew there was a but if we're talking resources and we're talking the amount of work and effort it takes to build a physical thing and make that into the movie it is a slam dunk that it's Fitzcarraldo. it was i i i could not because they, they couldn't not only did somebody die because somebody died not only in the film but somebody died as a result of this practical effect they well go ahead no they dragged a boat over a mountain they dragged a boat well, over and and they had to ride that prop boat down the river. And when the boat lost control, one of the guys on the crew got his hand sliced all the way down the middle between two fingers. His hand ripped in half. So, like, there, there's a lot there, yeah. With the we give ourselves a dead heat. We have a dead heat right no, now. No, it's three to one. Pete, did you change? What? No, it's two I'm, to two. It's two to two. two. Oh, I'm on, yeah, I'm I thought it was two to two. two. Fly. I'm on the fly. Okay. It's Corral does and two flies. Yeah. And also they built two ships. Not only that, they, they physically built two ships for that, for that effect. Right, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to look this up really. Does anybody remember how heavy that ship was? It 300 tons? Like there's no, it couldn't have been 300. That's a lot. 300. I don't, tons. I don't know. It, it was absolutely massive, but it was, oh, that, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. 
No, no, over 300 tons. I don't know about this. At 300, the film production was an incredible ordeal and famously involved moving a 320-ton steamship over a hill. Allegedly. This was filmed without the use of special effects. I, I, I want I don't I want to know exactly how they weighed the ship in the middle of the Amazon. I just don't know where that number came from. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I, I hard, think it's hard to weigh a ship out there. I mean, you just look at the size of the thing. Like it it was massive. And 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 for me, I just, like I just want to say for me to pick a non-horror practical effect as yeah. my practical effect, it has to be something otherworldly it, it has to be I'm, something like this i'm saying it, it is worthy of being it is worthy of being where it is right now that's what i'll say it is that that is a fan i mean listen it was my runner-up that was i changed it after marcus i originally had the other one but like you know wow and and brendel fly was my runner-up because it's an incredible an incredible practical effect okay. well then can i lead off the next category because i can i can um most can most awkward moment yeah go for it I'm gonna go with there was a there's just a clear winner for this. Was it Fitzcarraldo, the guy getting? <laughs> no, no, the, but, but the, no, it was it was Warner Herzog and any interaction with native peoples. <laughs> Wait, Herzog or Fitzcarraldo? <laughs> Warner Herzog, the director. Basically, any interaction he had with native peoples, just awkward. Just come on, let's. Everything about it. That, that's my answer. That's all. I okay. Got. What about you? What about uh, we're going in? I guess reverse order here. Marco, what did you have? Uh, as as a runner up, as a runner up, I had the entirety of Alphaville, uh, and and the narrator for Alphaville. Um, uh, but but for uh, a particular scene, I chose Shock Corridor. Uh, when he walks into the room with the the women inmates and goes, nymphos. So the nymphos and then needs to get attacked by a group of nymphomaniacs. That that was your most awkward moment. That's that's what I had for a most awkward moment. So for you or for him? Uh I mean, I guess I guess for the character. Okay. I just just clarify. Sometimes it can be both, right? Because if you look at if you look at some past awards, I I, I mean the run the runner up it, personally for me just like how how uncomfortable I was the entirety of Alphaville listening to the the narrator. But and and it, uh, it, Anthony's question about for who didn't Brian say at one point he was watching one of our movies on a on a flight and people were like looking over at him. So but right. maybe that's like where the reference comes to for who's this awkward for? Yeah, it, it was for that. And I was watching in the realm of senses, like right next to my wife when like there was just a, like a cum shot. And I was like, oh, hey, don't look over right now. <laughs> All right. So that's a that's a good one. Uh, Pete, what do you have? OK, um, I feel like it. there was a bit of awkward tension on set when when Klaus Kinski got so angry that he started like attacking his colleagues with a sword. But then that, that I think that actually got put into the movie as a scene. I, I swear you, you could like see the same scene. So it just seems like an awkward um, moment between coworkers there. 
in an awkward moment. Yeah, that's where that when he <laughs> smashes the guy on the head when they because they were going for the fruit, right? And and they were all diving for the fruit, but Kinski got angrier that they were all eating the fruit, and then that it turns out that was a scene in the film. Yeah. What which movie was that? Can you remind me? Was that Agira? That was Agira. 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 I think so. Mayan for for my uh, most awkward scene. I'm going to bring in uh, my uh, my partner of sorts, QQ. Mm, yeah. I hate fucking hate these movies with all these humans. Meow. But worst worst scene ever in the history of film club. Meow. Was the cat scene in fucking satin tango. Meow. <laughs> it really grinds my gears. <laughs> and I agree. Sense. For me, as a, maybe just because I'm a cat owner, but the cat scene in satin tango was uh, it was very very uncomfortable to watch. It's unbearable. It was. It was brutal. It was brutal. I, I, I think. I think actually, like the reason. The reason why that scene didn't have more uh, prominence in my list is I think I had blocked it from my memory because I didn't even remember that scene until Brian mentioned it. Yeah. So, so had I had I remembered that scene, I, I, I think I think it would have taken more prominence in in my list, but. It's, I'm pretty sure I just blocked that out of my memory. It's not even awkward. It's just homicide. Well, the the actual for, for for the folks at home for the folks at home the the actual cat was fine, right? Uh, it, for it me, was, but, but but could could have been in the, the running best practical effect actually. Now that now that I think about it, what did they say? They said they had a veterinarian on scene or something. Like, what did they say? Like, I don't they, know. They sedated the cat. And and they had a vet on scene that sedated and observed. And while they were, it was more the the rolling around and putting the cat in a net and stuff. And it went I on for a long time. That. I call bullshit uh, on that. Went on for so long. Ugh. Ugh. That was gross. Okay. Anyways, is, is right. that that's that's not like not even awkward. That's like uncomfortable. Like I, exactly I think what I, I'm saying. Well, without, that's that's like like why I chose my like awkward. Right. I was thinking awkward is kind of like funny you know there's like uh, a funny element to it but that that was just unnerving have all we right. gone we we all we're, we're, we're moving we're good. Can, can we do because we're get, we're about to get in the major awards can we do best yeah. quote next uh sure yeah because that's not a major one go for it yeah i don't have a quote does anyone not, not that i don't i don't have my notes they're they're back oh. in thailand but i i don't i i had it would have been something from f for fake but i my 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 notebook is is not here with me something about ordering lobster got it <laughs> <laughs> uh well i'll i'll just throw a couple a couple i'll just throw i've, I've noted three I, I you know the 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 worthy of mention was um was from house by the cemetery <laughs> this actually i actually should have put this in for funniest scene i don't know why i didn't nominate this for funniest scene holy shit okay house by the cemetery the realtor basically there's no emergency there's like it's not like they're running from something or like, they just get in their car and they back up and they run over 
they run over a couple graves and you hear the you hear the realtor yelling from his car ah damn tombstones <laughs> that should have been the funniest scene okay that was my that was my worthy of mention my runner up was from once upon a time in the west and the guy says you remind me of my mother she was the biggest whore in almeida <laughs> And then the uh, oh, that's good. That's good. The, the winner, the winner was clearly uh, from the movie Wojciech when the guy drops a cat out of the window and he says, gentlemen, the cat has no scientific instinct. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. That was his experiment. Okay, that's that's all I got. Did anybody, Pete? Do you have any quotes? Anybody? I I had art. Art keeps me sane. That's more more recent code I looked up from from scanners. My art yeah, keeps what, me sane. What is art though? Should do what? Should we get into it? I mean, we're no, no, we're only a, we're only like an hour and a half in. No, no, I was joking. Pete, do you have any quotes or Marco? No. Uh, no, not, not. We're, the... we're, we're going to add this category for next year then. Yeah. Add, add it. Otherwise, cause I, I totally missed the, I didn't, I didn't read, read the conversation until right before the, uh, the meeting. Yeah. We need to have a best quote of the year. Okay. Sorry. Right. Next. Noted. Done. So now we're getting to, I guess the meat, the main meat of the, of the awards here. The next up is the favorite favorite director emphasis put on favorite director and in, in the past this was one one person that you picked but since we had so many directors we upped it up to three which it was still i don't know about you guys but it's still difficult for me so let's do let's just do like three well i'll give our number three then all number two and all of our number one um god damn it where who's going first pete you're going first number three I only did one. It's Kurosawa. Not doing two and three. Wow. Nice. That's bold. God I damn it. it. You know what? I thought Marco was going to pull that move. But wow. Pete, you pulled that move? All three <laughs> Kurosawa. No, just for one. Just one. I don't want to dilute my answer. I love it. I love wow. it. Wow. Wow. All right. Let's respect Wow. Um, Marco, do you want to go next? You're number three. All right. So so three, three and two are are, are kind of neck and neck. But I'll I'll say for, for number three, I have Werner Herzog. Uh number two. Oh hey, uh, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, hey, sorry. ho, ho, oh. hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, what's your number three? Oh, that's how we're doing it. Okay, 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 okay. It's more dramatic, unless you guys just want to like run them down real quick. No, no, no. I, I actually just, you know, I actually just made a change this second to, I just bumped, I had somebody at number three, I just bumped them to four because I'm like, you know what? I bumped them to four and I'll explain why. Actually, I guess I'll explain why now. Number four was Sergio Leone. I just, I did, he was three. I just bumped him to four and I'll tell you why. And I would love to hear your input on this. I've always been bothered by how much he took from Kurosawa and did not give credit mm. to and did mm. not give credit to. And so for that reason, my number three is Kurosawa. 
Only number three? Wow. Well, remember, Marco, this is not, I told you, I have a completely different answer for best director. This is favorite director. Wait. Favorite is different from best. Wait, so your number three is Kurosawa. Kurosawa is three. Wow. So you're talking about Yojimbo, how Yojimbo was just a complete reproduction of, I mean, sorry, um, A Fistful of Dollars, which is a fistful of dollars. Re reproduction took a lot, of Yeah, he took a lot, a lot from, I mean, to the fact that Kurosawa, Kurosawa, to my knowledge, has only sued one director. Remember his quote, Kurosawa's quote to Leone, Mr. Leone, sir, you made a very fine film, but it is mine. But it's my film. <laughs> but it's my film. And so for that, like, I just can't put Leone over Kurosawa there. So, so the Leone's bumped to four. I, and I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed all of Sergei Leone's movies. I like thoroughly, but Kurosawa's a master, man. And remember, Marco, this is not best director. This is favorite director. It's true. It's true. Now that lead, I'll just like lean into mine here because I, that kind of, you might've swayed me and I had a tie. I was back and forth between just one of my favorite directors is Fulci. But then after deep diving to Sergio Leone and all he accomplished, I was like, wow, I can't, I got to put Leone up there, but you know what? Maybe I'm just going to put Fulci. So I'm just going to say my number three is Fulci. And my number two, I'll just go with my number two. My number two is Kurosawa. Because I, I have a feeling, I don't know if, if, if everyone else has this feeling, but for me, Kurosawa has barely been mentioned this whole time, but he's going to dominate the end, like the major awards, I feel like. At least he does for me. So Kurosawa is my just, number two. Just wait for it. Marco, what's your number two? Um, you know, actually, actually, since you clarified that point, so I had, I had Herzog at three and Wells at two. So I have Orson Wells at two in terms of, but I, I, I think I, I was actually thinking three and two from the standpoint of, of favorite director. I'm actually going to, if we're doing favorite director, not best director, I'm going to switch my three and my two and have Orson Wells at number three. And Erzog at number two, simply because I'm not familiar enough yet. I I know Herzog more than I know Wells, and I've I in terms of a favorite director, I yeah I have to go with Herzog as uh, my number two. But but Orson Wells, Orson Wells um, certainly is now up there. I'm just not familiar enough with his work for him to to take to take that that spot but favorite and best are two very different things yeah i i hadn't really considered it from that point but um yes uh, it's I, I i would have to say herzog uh slightly out out competes wells in that category for me personally i mean I, like think of it this my favorite my favorite pizza is a domino's pizza is it the best pizza Yes. Okay. This, this coming from the man who lived in Chicago for how many years? Okay. And and Illuminati's. Listen, uh, listen. Shall we get into the? Because because I just we just got a um a little seizures last night. We we don't need to get into this because 
we're talking. How how was that little Caesar's pizza? So goddamn good. My my Chinese wife, who's very picky about any kind of Western food, loves Little Caesars. Does not like Domino's. Really? Mm. She says, had, had, I, had I, I didn't realize you guys were, were going to be back. I would have invited you over for for clams and uh, <laughs> fried calamari. But you uh, know what, Marco? Guess, uh, no offense to your mom's clams, but that that <laughs> little Caesar's pizza was so good. It was I think she described it as like this is garbage, but it's the best garbage ever. And it's, maybe maybe we need to do Little Caesars and Top Gun. All right, all right, all right. What direction are we on now? What number? Well, who, who's going? Who's going? Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. So, uh, a little. Well, Pete. Well, Pete from the chat says C dot dot dot. If we all had one answer, this would have been tough. It would have been insanely tough. Not all of us took the the road that Pete took, and just like I'm going to put one person this. I kind of like Pete's. I like I like Pete's. No, honestly, I'm with Pete on this one. I think that's a bold way to do it. I like it. It's it's definitely it would definitely would have been a time saver. But uh, but Brian, you're up as your number two. Oh yeah, so my number two, uh, I'm gonna go with Orson Welles. I, I I great month. You did you did you you took a strong liking to Wells. I took I took a strong liking. Thanks thanks for noticing. I took a strong liking to Wells. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm like while I acknowledge that Wells was like uh, where I was like oh he's doing this and he's doing that and I gushed and I I almost uh, finished in my pants when watching um, a touch of evil I almost got a touch of evil in my pants while watching a touch of evil <laughs> <laughs> I might have had a touch of evil but my because it's Regus is Regus is just doing me doing me a favor here and 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 competing for most awkward comments of the meeting just so I feel better about myself. We'll do an awards. We'll do an awards ceremony from the awards meeting. <laughs> but my number, like, because Kurosawa is my number two, and it's just Kurosawa is mind blowing. But my number one is my boy, my favorite. I can't, and I brought him to the table, and it's Cronenberg. He's just my, I've seen all his movies so many times. And maybe if I saw more Kurosawa's, I, I might be swayed. But Cronenberg is my number one. I I was fully expecting you to, to pick Cronenberg. Just like Marco, what's yours? I'm just going to type in K-U. Yeah, Kurosawa. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah. There's no question. I, I, actually, I actually had a moment. I was just like. I, I'm almost tempted to just have Kurosawa as half of my answers, but I, I'm gonna try and make make my mine a little more dynamic than that. But but a, a winner by by many miles uh, is Kurosawa. If if I only had one director for the rest of my existence, uh, it would CBK. be Kurosawa. Oh, yeah. sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's, it, it would be Michael Bay. Uh, no, no, it would be it would be it would be Kurosawa. All right, Brian. You're even 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 more like like even even more than than Tarkovsky. I I would give up uh, any any like philosophical and religious benefits of studying Tarkovsky just to enjoy uh, Kurosawa for the rest of my life. All right. Noted. And it is, there's a lot of philosophy in Kurosawa, too. Let's not be, uh, you know. No, there's plenty there, but. Mark, uh, Brian, 
your last number one. My number one favorite director, my fellas, I'm going with Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. I figured. I, I, the master of suspense. Um, I, I am a horror fan and I, I just, the number of people and other future directors who take from Hitchcock and what, what he was able to do with his movies and, and how he created suspense is, is, is to, to, to my, to my knowledge and my opinion unmatched. Awesome. 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 All right. Let's roll it. Let's, let's keep it going. Best male actor. Wait, wait, Pete. Did Pete give this? Pete, Pete gave Kurosawa. Oh, yeah. That's right. He only had one. I <laughs> we had a whole discussion on, I forgot on about that. Pete's, Pete's boldness and bravery and, and also <laughs> practicality of choosing one director. Pete also made a comment. I rewatched over half of Lady Vanishes last weekend. So fun. Yeah, just a, just a nod to Hitchcock. I enjoy it. More, there might be more to come on Hitchcock. I'm just, I'm just predicting here. Okay, okay. Uh, best male actor. Let's start with Pete. We haven't heard from Pete in a while. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I want to make a request. I want to do actor and actress all at once. Okay, sure. Okay, because I'm actually going to um, give a slap okay. in the face to the American film industry. I'm I'm gonna choose two Japanese actors and actresses. Um, so I'm I'm gonna choose for actor. Um, I think it's Hakashi Shimura from Ikaru. because uh, I think he brought the emotion, brought the singing, brought the uh, brought the feelings. Which one was Ikaru? Sorry, Ikaru. That's that's Ikaru. the old man, and he was also the the main samurai in Seven Samurai. Yeah, he was the guy in Ikaru in the old samurai and samurai and Ikiru. Rashomon. He was listening right. He was all he was every single Kurosawa, the old guy. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah I'm I think pick he him. was the, the second second most utilized actor behind Tashiro Mafune. Wait, what, gonna... Sorry, what movie, Pete? What movie? I, Ikiru. Where is Ikiru? The old guy, the old guy the... dying. He was dying of like oh, there it is. bureaucrat. Yeah. Okay. With stomach wow. cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna choose that. Um, him as best actor, and and for female actor, I'm gonna choose um, the lady from The Idiot by Kurosawa, the lady who played the disgraced woman, Ooh. and her name was Satsuko Hara, and she's a very famous Japanese actress. Wow. So you're digging so, nice. a supplement and going for a Japanese act. That's a great, that's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little tricky. I just, I couldn't settle on an, on an English or American actor that I felt strong enough for the year. So that's why. Right. Right. Pete, you've made it very clear. You, women can't act. Uh, we, we get it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Defending Pete here. Joking. He did, he did not say that. Yeah, I'll pass the torch. You know what? No, on that note, I think that's more more a comment on how like it's such it was such a male dominated industry for so many years. I just I'm just gonna well, throw that out you, there. I mean, you're right. We 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 showed a ton of movies from like prior to 1950, 1960, and you're right. Yeah. That, I, 
every direct and we've even talked about it every director is male like all the women in the film no are but secondary. I, you might be missing the point i chose a japanese male also I mean, oh, it's I think not a yeah. male versus female thing both well, of you had yeah are bold yeah yeah, yeah no you had okay. to because the category literally was you have to choose a male and you have to choose so but it's just you're right but like the, the periods of time that we chose to watch here were were very male dominated for obvious reasons right 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 right, right. okay so pete we're fucking we're we're kind of we're we're we're, we're on the same wavelength here i've said it before i am completely torn as far as the best male actor I I'm I just did a split between Takashi Shimura and Toshiro Mifume. So both both of those in every single every single um uh, Kurosawa film, but specifically Rashomon was blew my mind, but I think I might give it to Shimura just for Ikiru. Like that that was I don't know. I'm just doing a tie, though. Fuck it. I'm just going to tie them both because I can't. They're so different and they were so both so integral to all of the Kurosawa films. And my female actor is Janet Lee, who we saw in two films. We saw her in Psycho and we saw her in A Touch of Evil. And I was I've I know I've known her from Psycho for years and I saw her in Touch of Evil and I thought she was amazing. And that, those are my picks. Marco, what do you got? All right. Well, I had I had um, Tashira Mifune as a runner-up, actually, and just also uh, with with Takashi, he he might make an appearance later on. But I, it was really a, it was between Tashira Mifune, uh, but I I could not give it to Klaus Kinski. Uh, what? For, Whoa! For best actor. Yeah, I thought about that too. Wait, um, you say it in what movie? Yeah, the, the Warcheck. Wait, wait, right? this is best actor, right? So I thought we were I, doing like I, in a specific movie, right? It, no, we, I, I looked, I, I, I went from 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 the oh, that's from totality. Yeah, oh, I, I, I went from like the t totality of, of his work. Um, so I had I had to give it to to Klaus Kinski, uh, as as the the, the mad genius of of acting. And for being such an integral part to uh, Herzog's body of, of fictional work. That's so funny. Me and you have completely opposite views of Klaus Kinsey as an actor. I think the, I, th I, I look at him and, and as a person who is just airdropped on camera and he just walks around looking super quiet and confused. And like, that's his. I, I mean, did what did you like? Did you watch Nosferatu? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't do anything for you? I thought it was his best work. I actually noted. I'm like, I, I actually I, in my notes, I, I say something like, "Finally, Kinski is acting." <laughs> but because all the other movies, like like what was the one? What was the one where um the one where he plays the guy who who doesn't want to be the leader, but so like he keeps appointing other people as leader, but he's really in charge. Agira. I think that was Agira. What was it? That was Agira, right? When he was there on the boat. Yeah. The one when they're on the boat. Yeah. Not fit not yeah. Fitzgeraldo boat, but the other boat. Like that one, that was just he he said three words the whole movie and he walked around like this the whole time. 
I, I can't I see what that. I'm looking really confused. I got that from that move from that one. I did get that, but all the others, I thought he just command his presence just commands your attention. Void no, I agree with you. No, no, I completely agree. His presence commands your attention. He's got that face. He's he knows how like he 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 definitely knows how to use his body to command attention and he's got what 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 they call um in in, in the life aquatic what they call the crazy eyes he's got the crazy eyes and when you look deep into those crazy eyes you're captivated but I, I don't those aren't necessarily acting it's just, and now, now I'll get actually for his body movements I'll give him credit for that he he knows how to get attention. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You, you could look at you could look at like all right. So so like Daniel Day Lewis is one of my favorite actors of all time, and he just basically goes temporarily insane. Well, Klaus Kinski, that was his entire life, right? He was temporarily insane for his entire career as an actor, and he did it. But but it, it's 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 also it's also like granted, it's the combo because I don't. Aside from like the the one Sergio Leone film, like nobody really knows Kinski outside of, well, Westerner like non Germans are not familiar with Kinski outside of his body of work with Erzog. But um, at least at least I'll, I'll I'll stand by my choice. I'm gonna go with with. Oh Oswald. yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I, actually, I hate playing this role because I don't want to be the guy who poo poos in somebody's choice. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. Um, and I'm not even dude. Like, I don't know shit about Klaus Kinski, right? I've seen a couple movies. So like my opinion is like worth uh, this much. Right. So I, I will, I will, my thoughts. I will, I will say though, like it, I do feel a little uncomfortable not giving it to either to Mifune or Takashi. Um, uh, now I forget his full name, but, but anyway, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I did. I did thoroughly enjoy the Kinski month, so I have to give it to Kinski. I enjoyed the Kinski month as well. I, I want to say I did enjoy it. I know. I know. I shit on it a lot, and we yeah, we had some debates, but like I, I really enjoyed it. We we should say that earlier. I mean, Pete just made a comment. Prep your rebuttals. I told you. And, and Pete was like, "Hey, get ready for a, for like some rebuttals." And, and Brian was like, "No, this is just a matter of taste. There's no argument here." <laughs> Stand by that. I stand by that. There is no argument because I'm not saying Marco is wrong because it's an opinion. That's we're it. just having we're having a discussion. It's, it's what we do. So, Brian, why don't you give us your favorite uh, male actor so we can poo poo it? Uh, yeah, I got, I actually have a sleep and poo poo this all you want because I got a, I got a sleeper. Um, I'm going with Jonathan Majors, last black man in San Francisco. Wow. I've always been. I've always been floored by his his acting, and um, and in this in this movie, he was, he, he, I, I was leveled. I was absolutely leveled by his performance. Was he the the main guy that was moving into the house? That was you know he believed it to be his. He was own? he was the artist. No, he was the art. Jonathan Majors is the artist friend, and he, he put on the play. Um, he was his best friend. The guy who was moving in, his best friend. That's would he be male actor or male supporting actor? They were they were co-leads, in my opinion. Even though the story centered around um, one of them, they were co-leads. Oh, wait. We didn't give Marco. You didn't give your female actor. And, and also Brian. And oh, I, I didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, so for, for female actor, um, although now now I regret not doubling up on Pete's choice. But I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick with my what I wrote down. I had Grace Kelly 
um, for rear window, even though I, I, I never, for, for personal reasons, I never want to watch that film again, but very, uh, uh, very witty, um, her, her character, her female character is awesome. Uh, super witty, very engaging, uh, elegant. Um, so I, I enjoyed, enjoyed her role, even though I, I, I associate that film with, uh, an, an unfortunate part of my, my personal history, not hit, not Hitchcock's fault, but I just never want to see that film again. All right. All right, Brian, best female actress. Uh, once again, let me get her name. It's right back here. Um, once again, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, the woman who played Miss Danvers in Rebecca and Hitchcock's Rebecca, uh, oh. out, of, out of all of the characters that stuck with me out of all the movies, for some reason, her character stuck with me, uh, stuck with me the most. All right. Uh, the, her name is, Oh God. I can't find her name. Oh my God. Well, we'll look it up and then we'll move on to the, uh, the next category in the interest of time. Funniest character. Uh, my first is um, the tramp chaplain. Again, not many funny characters. I don't think Marco, what do you got? Uh, I, I also had Charlie Chaplin. Boom. Brian, what'd you have? Uh, Funniest character? Oh, really? I thought that. Wow. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm alone. I, I had Falstaff. Falstaff, huh? Falstaff. I thought it was hilarious. I guess. That yeah, was a hoot. You're a Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah. So chimes at midnight. Falstaff. Pete. You know, you could all you could also have the um, the art forger in F for fake. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'd say Chaplin also. So I don't know. Put me for whatever you want. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But hold on. Can I say Chaplin isn't Chaplin's an actor and director, not a character. This is funny. His character. The, right? the, the character. The tramp. The tramp. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll put Pete down for. I, I had tramp written down, but but I was considering some others. Klaus Kinski. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> And Pete, we'll just we'll just go for you for best character. Well, your number five best character. Oh, wait, 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 pause. No, wait, wait, no, Pete, not yet. I found her name. Sorry, I I just want to do her justice. Okay. Judith Anderson is Miss Danvers. That's it. Judith Anderson. Judith Anderson. Sorry, go now. Okay, so best character number five. Number five. Uh, Daisy Earls, the little lady in the freaks. Oh, good one. Little lady in the freaks. I almost picked a freaks character, the guy, her husband. Oh, uh, yeah, number he was five great. was Wells in Touch of Evil, the uh, the Orson Wells character. He was kind of uh, very he's a complex guy. He was he was a gruff guy. I had to give Wells. He was in every single movie that month. I had to give him something. So I gave him that. Marco, you're number five. I actually, I I remember I I made a note just a just a second. Here. I think what was it was it favorite scene? I actually I I I actually wrote down uh, the freaks one of us, just as just as a as a quick note there since somebody mentioned the freaks, 
Yeah, I think I think the one of us scene needs a needs a shout out. The, um, wedding, the wedding scene. I almost had that as my best meal. Oh, oh, nice one. Mm. Um, but all right. So I had written down uh, for number five, uh, Candyman. <laughs> the twenty twenty two version. The twenty twenty two. Well, I, I nah, you got to do the original. Okay. Tony Todd. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Good one. It's a sleeper right there. That's a sleeper. That's a sleeper. Yeah. Brian, what'd you offer your number five? Number five, um, Falstaff. Going with oh. it. Times at midnight, Falstaff. Falstaff. All right. So Wells is already in two of them. Uh, number four, I will go. I had Klaus Kinski's character in Fitzcarraldo. Because Klaus Kinski had to be in some in here somewhere. And my favorite of his was uh, Fitzcarraldo for sure. Marco, what did you have for your number four? Tuco from the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Tuco was the ugly. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Right. He could have he been funniest almost. Yeah, he was a great character. He hasn't come up yet. Bri? I got another sleeper for you. From the movie Little Men, the kid, Tony, the little kid from the Bronx. Oh! One of my, oh. One of my favorites. I thought he was fantastic in that movie. What yeah, actor. Actor. Great, the actor? Yeah. He was the actor. Yeah, the little kid. Yeah. Tony. Okay, interesting. What was it about him that really, really drew you in? You know, I, I you know, Rigich, I grew up in the Northeast and I from Winthrop and you know, Winthrop in New York, like Winthrop, Boston, New York, the, there there's very there's a lot of similarities between not necessarily our accents, but um how we interact with one another. Um and and I, I I felt like it was such a genuine performance. I don't know what the kid's past was. I never dug into it. But that kid understands what it's like to be a little kid growing up in the city. Um, and he, his mannerisms, uh, his the way that he spoke, his accent, everything was just perfect. And and growing up in the mean streets of Brooklyn is very similar to the mean streets of Winthrop. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, depends on what neighborhood you're in and what time it is, you know, so. Point Shirley gets pretty rough late at night. Point Shirley. Listen, Justin Russell was an absolute terror, an absolute terror. And he patrolled the streets of Point Shirley. Listen, Dan Auerbach one time was on a, on, a, on the tire swing. And I, this is, I'm not proud of this, but when I saw Justin Russell, I was pushing Dan on the tire swing and Justin Russell approached from like out of the bushes. I ran, I hopped the fence and ran away and Dan was left on the tire swing. And when I was about a hundred yards away, I turned around to see what was happening. And the tire was literally horizontal. It was perpendicular to the ground. And he was just... In, in in a perfect circle that was that was that it was it was i i really i really probably blame that moment for maybe the deterioration of our friendship when i i think he jumped to another group of friends and and then um maybe it wasn't funny or cool that too but uh he has every right to to 
you know, to walk away from me like that. I wait, wait, I missed that. How is it swinging around so so quickly? Because Justin Russell came and caught caught it while Dan didn't have time to get it off the tire swing, and Justin Russell came and was like, "Oh, all right, you want to run away? I'll pick this up." And 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 poor Dan was an unsuspecting victim, and just like Justin. <laughs> Continued to just <laughs> many years older than us. So he's very old and very stronger and just kept pushing it until the thing was completely horizontal. Well, Sorry. we won't, we won't, um, we won't promote Dan Auerbach's podcast because I'm sure it's a, it's a rival, a rival of, of ours, but he doesn't have a podcast. What? Why do you think he has a podcast? Anyways, next. I was thinking. Pete's, Pete's like, Let's get on with it. Sorry, Pete. Pete, Pete Sorry. what's your number four? No, I've heard that story like five times. Have you? I don't <laughs> think I've ever told that story. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go with Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, that's that's my with, number four character. Kins- Kinski. Kinski? Yeah, Fitzcarraldo. Kinski, yeah. Look at us. Look at us, Pete. All right. My number three has already been mentioned. It's Tuco Eli Wallach from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Great cast. Like, yeah, he's the ugly, but he can also be the bad. He's the funny. Like, he's just, it's a very, it's a great character. Specifically, I want to shout out him putting that gun together in that scene. Oh, yeah. And he just, like, didn't have any idea how to put together a gun. And that was just kind of, like, him riffing. This is great. Great character. Great, great movie. Great character. Marco, you're number three. I have Falstaff as my number three. Oh. Wow. Uh, and Brian's number three? I have a tie for number three, and it's the only tie I have. I'm sorry for the cop-out. Um, it's the tie between Tuco, Tuco, which was fantastic. And um, if you remember, my number five was Falstaff. My, my number three is Orson Welles. Just Orson Welles as a character. F is for fake, man. <laughs> I guess technically that could be, as, since he was in F for fake, he technically, but he is a character. He's a character. Orson Welles gets two of the five. He gets as himself and as Falstaff. Wow. Pete, bring it up the room. Uh, my, my number three is the lead character of The Idiot, who plays The Idiot. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed watching that character. Pete, that got your your best female actor and the best character. Two awards, two awards. Yeah, it, well, yeah, lady for female character and best and male a male character, the idiot. All right, so we're getting there. We're getting to our number two. Our number two, Brian. Why don't you give us your number two? I just realized I left somebody off the list. Uh oh. Do you want to readjust? Do you want us to come back? No, okay. No, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a tie for number two. I know I said I only have a tie for three. Fuck it. I have a tie for oh. two as well. Brian's at seven. <laughs> I, I want I, seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't decide. Um this means Falstaff and Tony drop off because you put five ahead of them. It's not it's not Orson Welles from a touch of evil, is it? 
No, no, Orson Welles does not make the list anymore. No, no, my number. No, all right, I forget. I'll just. I'm gonna leave it off. I forgot it, but I'm gonna leave it off. So that's fine. My number two um, was again Miss Danvers from Rebecca. This is the third award tonight. Wow. She really. She stuck with me. She's she's in my head, dude. Miss Danvers is in my head. I thought it was a brilliant character. Wow. And she Brian so cre creaming himself over Miss Danvers. <laughs> I should have sent you her autograph. <laughs> Ew. Wow. Wait, is Miss Danvers? She was the was she the the housekeeper? Or was she the main girl? She was the housekeeper, dude. She wow. was the housekeeper that was the the antagonist to the movie that was. Oh man! That wow! Someone consider a supporting a supporting role, but you're you're all in, you're all in. Again, yeah, it's not really all that supporting when, given what she did in the movie, it's she's kind of a co-star. Anyways, all right, Pete, your number two. My number two is Jimmy Fails. Jimmy Fails, Bravo. last black man in San Francisco, right? Wow! Yeah. So yeah. good. That did that. There we go. Getting some shout out for uh, gentrification month. Love it. Mm, and me, my number two, uh, Norman Bates, Psycho, amazing character. That's, Always love. That's him. the one I forgot. You forgot Norman Bates. You could add. Yeah. Him. I forgot Norman Bates. Add him in. Yeah. Marco, what's your number two? I have. Ryan Sweeney Fitzgerald, also known as Fitzgeraldo, for number two. At at some point, I can't remember if I I noted this either for him as favorite character or or him as favorite actor. But I, one of my supporting reasons for for nominating nominating him as such was that um, he was so impactful on the film that an Amazonian tribe uh, offered to murder him uh, for the benefit of the film. And I, and I thought, I thought that deserved to mention. And, and a lot of those scenes were just like, like we said earlier, were just left in. Like that wasn't even like, Oh, that wasn't seen in the movie that actually happened. Like he actually did that. So that's, that's the amazing thing about Kinski. His, his actual person seeps into the movie as a character and you don't know what's what's the character what's the person but this this is why i argue it's not acting well it's He's just like being himself but fuck i mean okay, do you remember that camera in front of me but do you remember how much work herzog had to put into letting him vent so he can contain him and let him yeah. act like yeah, so he, herzog should get the award as the director, like most, as the director most, of the act, like most patience or something, most patience. Maybe the yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that that is that is part of the discussion. Is is it the like, like in in a sports analogy, is it the quarterback or the coach? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean that that was that was the whole whole reason for or because that that was it was a combined Herzog Kinski month. Show yeah. So. yeah, no, it was it, it, you. You appropriately introduced the month, like as being like, "Hey, it's it's about the relationship between the two, which is fascinating." It's it's like if you did like a Brady and Belichick month, and then after you yeah. track the careers of the of the coach and then the quarterback, and you're like, "Oh, well, you know, to to the question to the question, like, is Seth Rogen acting?" <laughs> I'm right here, Brian. Why don't you ask me? <laughs> yeah, 
Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one best character. Marco, you're starting us off. All right. Kenji. Uh, let me make sure I pronounce this correctly. What Watanabe? Yeah. Kenji Watanabe from Ikiru by Kurosawa. And I will not reveal why I know that pronunciation. Uh, Brian. Yeah. The, uh, the, the bureaucrat dying of stomach cancer from Ikiru. Um, uh, just in terms of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I love that movie. I love the character. Um, really moving uh, role. And um, Brian, time timestamp this. Just just cut out those comments. <laughs> what? Just, just, why, cut, why are we cutting them out? I, because I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, Oh, Marco. no, I'm, 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 I'm rambling. You're I know, not rambling. I know, Marco, I know why. I know why. It's because you've chosen to go to bed. Like you're laying down. You're literally, <laughs> you have a blanket over you. You have a well, pillow. You're laying down. I think. Well, I, I was, I bed. was sitting at a table at, at rapt attention. And they're like, oh, it's too noisy. So just like I was banished to the bedroom. Uh, yeah. So naturally, you just you can't like sit up. You have to like lay down and go to sleep. Like I, I, it's it's I'm hard. I'm in the bedroom like, too, Marco. Sitting in a chair. There's middle ground, you know. I'm in the he, bedroom. I'm sitting on a bed. All right. He's, lay, he's laying. Okay. Anyways, let me just dude. let me just. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna take over for Marco because I have the same number one. I have the same character, same actor, and it's what. And it's what it's it's what um, Shimura does with just what little we talked about it when we went to Seven Samurai. Like he does so much by saying nothing, saying so little, and facial expressions. And and it's such a great character. This guy, he's dying of stomach cancer, and and you're so emotionally involved and attached to him. And it's and it's great. And it's my number one character. And I I'm not gonna. Uh, that's it. That's it. It's my number one. Same as Marco's. Marco, don't be ashamed. You you rambled and you didn't even ramble that much, but you rambled for good reason. So sit up, let's finish it, and then Brian's going to tell us what his number one is. I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised there haven't been any votes for this yet. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Blondie, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It was really, it, you know, this is one where I actually did go for the iconic. And and if you think about if you think about the poster child for for a western, it's it's Blondie, uh, Clint Eastwood. So, you know, you know Brian, I I'd have to say I did have like so my number four was no my number three was Tuco, but now my no it, it was a toss up between Tuco or Blondie, and the only reason I I took Tuco is because he's it just he did it seemed like he had like like the, the Blondie was, was a he character. Had more range he, Tuco had more range was, exactly. was Blondie was Blondie the one played by Klaus Kinski? <laughs> no, that was the Hunchback from <laughs> Hunchback. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. More range, more range, which is why I chose that. Blondie, I I backed that one hundred percent. But I went for iconic. I went for iconic, and like you think about one liners and like the look. Even if it's just the look, the look, and what Clint Eastwood like what this character did for his genre. I mean, he blew he blew it wide open, and and you could you got you got to know his character has to be the inspiration for so many like anti heroes that came forward not just in westerns but in other movies as well so 
Yeah, he blew his wad definitely with that. Which, what is it with you and the sick reference? Like what? Okay, <laughs> who's up? Who's up? Pete, Pete, number one, number one from from Once Upon a Time in the West. Okay, the Harmonica Man. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Nice. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, nobody picked it for best scene, but you go watch that full scene, and that that gives you the music, the the. Just amazing tool. So yeah, great character and uh loved him all the way through. Uh Charles Bronson, right? He was the actor. Yes. That that Pete, honestly, I had I had that in mind also as my number. I was looking for like a Western character put in there. Like, what about the harmonica man? But Tuco, you know, edged him. But yeah, that's a great I I respect that choice. Um, I got harm- that choice. Harmonica Man had my favorite music because throughout once upon a time in the West, the music for each character would come on when they came on. So he, he really stuck with me for that reason. Great choice. Great choice. Great choice. All right. We're in the home stretch here. Do do all of us have the time? Plow through. Let's go. All right. Let's see. Our next category is best film. So again, we have five. This is the big one. This is it. This is the, uh, the I, Academy Award for Best Film. Let me go last because I didn't order mine. You go last on every single one? No, just, just go last for, for the first category. All right. I mean, for Pete, the first Pete, you went last last time. Why don't you start us off and go first this first time? Um, I'll go. Number five will be Satan Tango. Ooh. Mm. Oh, best! I would have, I would have, I would have ranked it higher if it wasn't the seven-hour commitment. But (laughs) you know what I mean. I just, I can't, can't rank it higher than five. Wow, you know what? I didn't even. Yeah, there was so there's just so many films to choose from, but that's that's a a bold move. Mine, I got a tie. I'm sorry. I will. If wait, I, wait, wait, wait. If you have a tie, you can have a tie, but your total number on the list can be f- have to be five. You can't nope. have a tie and give out six or seven movies. I love it. I love nope. new. Can I say? I love new Pete. New Pete is <laughs> new Pete is bold. He's pushy. No, like he some, some of us, some of us are cutting names from our list. That's why. <laughs> this is this coming from the listen. New Pete had only one answer for a category of three. Listen, listen, new people. I got, I got two ties. And I want to tell you, I have a total, I have a total of, of seven films at my top. But I will, if, if at a gunpoint, if you put a gun to my head, I will eliminate one. But my top, my number five is a, is a split between the Beyond because I can't not have the Beyond from Fulci is one of my favorites and Touch of Evil because Touch of Evil was a just like they're just so different. One because it's like. It's just like a, a feelsy feels good movie for me. And the other one, because it was like a latecomer showing me how amazing film could be kind of film. So. So this means that all of your seven films would, would get the 10 out of 10 rating from you. Since Touch this, out of Evil got a 10 out of 10. And, and the beyond definite 100%. Okay. All these movies have a 10 out of 10, 100%. I, and I actually thought about that when I'd put it in there. I was like, wait, is the beyond. <laughs> Which one is the Beyond? 
Sorry. The one, the one, the Fulci one that takes place in the house where the evil happens and they owe the gate of hell. Which is all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. That has the, 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 the scenes of note are the ones where the, 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 the acid gets poured on somebody's face and it gets melted off. And it's a, it was in Louisiana and it was a hotel that somebody inherited and they tried to bring it back to hotel, but you know, it opened a gate of hell in the basement. I, think, I thought, I think that's the one with the, the tombstones. Oh no, that's house. That's by house the by the edge. Uh, house. The, they're very, it's a trilogy. They're, they're very interchangeable, but the beyond is my that's favorite of all those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And okay. And, and um, uh, okay. Pete says it's the one where they move to Maine. <laughs> but then he says, never mind. But <laughs> um, Marco, what is your number five? All right. Well, 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 since since all the cool kids are doing it, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to have this as tie slash runner up. Uh, I, I almost I almost put on um, into great silence onto the list uh because i personally quite enjoy watching monks uh go about their business for three and a half hours and i think that's a good way for me to spend an afternoon but i ended up putting down for number five uh the good the bad and the ugly nice 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 classic right number five i'm gonna put citizen kane and 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 in in and I just repeating myself from the other week, knowing full well that it if I watch it another time, it may rise up that list. I think it's a film that demands rewatch. Demands rewatch. Yeah. Demands rewatch. I I don't even think I can have an opinion on it just watching it once. I don't. Even, I think we should just stop talking about it. Done. Go. <laughs> Num my number four, I'm gonna pick you back up from Marco, good, bad, and the ugly. Had to had to be on there at some point, and it landed at four. Marco, you're number four. Uh so I put the trial. Uh now uh I thought about um Citizen Kane, and I was like, I cannot put Citizen Kane anywhere in my awards because I fell asleep. Um, so I, unfortunately it, 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 it received an unfair disqualification, uh, because I was terribly jet lagged and I was just like, no, 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 I have, to, I have to rewatch this film uh, again, probably more than once to, to give it its proper attention. Um, but, uh, the trial was definitely a sleeper hit because I didn't know anything about it or very little about it when I put it on uh, as a supplemental. But after our discussion and after going back and watching interviews with Orson Welles about the film, how it was made, uh, I think I think the trial definitely deserves um, to be on, on the top five. And it should be noted that that's a supplemental. So that's a that's a scandalous move. Does it supplemental? All right, Bri, you're number four. Um, my number four. Ah, it's Cronenberg, The Fly. Ooh, 
great. I um I I I I had I had never really seen the fly and I loved it. That's all. Nice and simple analysis there. Nothing more needs to be said. Sorry, not an analysis. That's just an opinion. Okay, go. Pete, number four. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Hitchcock's Rear Window because I just felt the movie was just enjoyable, a really fun experience, and very different than anything I'd ever seen. It was great. Great choice. And our first uh, appearance of Hitchcock on our top list of top films. I'd maybe, I don't know, is it going to be the last? Oh. Okay, next up. For our number three, Brian, you're up first. Psycho. Psycho. I actually gave it five stars, five out of five. And so you might ask, like, why isn't it number one? I don't know. We'll see. Five, five, five stabbies out of five. Five, uh, <laughs> five shower stabbies out of five. Five shower stabbies. I think for me, every single one of these is a five out of five. Or a 10 out of a 10, whatever whatever math you're using. I gave The Fly a 4 out of 5. I probably should have given it maybe a 4.5, actually. But um, anyways. My number four 3. 5 is a 10 out of 10. So. 4 out of 5 vomit meals out of 5. <laughs> Good. What you got? Okay. My number 3. We're going, we're going late here. <laughs> my, my number three is my favorite director and one of my favorite movies. It's The Brood. It, it had to be on here. The Brood. It's Videodrome is my favorite Cronenberg, but we didn't do Videodrome this year, so The Brood gets gets put there. Yeah, for for the record, Rikuchi gives that film five uh, premature ejaculations out of five. Five <laughs> touches of evil in my pants out of five. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> Uh, Marco, you're number three. Uh, number three, I had Fitzcarraldo. Good one, good one. All right, and Pete, you're number three. Uh, three, I'm gonna go with uh, Sawdust and Tinsel. Ooh, um, just enjoyed it. Again, go go with movies that I had fun with, not necessarily like. Uh, critical choices but yeah we are you know we are ourselves true okay two more left let's start with pete if you're number two uh ikiru ikiru mm -hmm. yes Love, Pete loved them. You know, by the way, I'm going to go back and watch that. Just given uh, given everything that the three of you said about it tonight, I went back and looked at my notes, and I don't have much. I think I need to rewatch that movie. That's oh, funny. oh, but you watched it, right? Uh, no, I did watch it. I did watch it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Given <laughs> given the number of awards that you guys have assigned it, I need, I need, I need to go back and maybe I wasn't in the right mindset when I watched. Maybe I watched it like 5 a.m. or something. Like I think I need to go back and rewatch that movie because you guys are praising it hugely and I barely remember it. So I think I, I need to go back and watch it. I think all curse I was demand to rewatch. No. But having said that, my number two is a little film called Ikiru. 
and not, but actually the, I should say this is my ties and all of my ties. It's Rashimon. I could not decide between Rashimon and Ikiru and they're both directed by Kurosawa. So I did a tie, but I might just, I don't know. Should I just d- delete Rashimon? I just need, I know. I fuck it. I'm leaving them as a tie and I'm going to rewatch them again. Cause they, that's the one thing. Another thing I learned from going to see seven samurai is that the, his, these films need to be rewatched. But anyway, Marco, what's your number two? Uh, I had Rashomon as number two. <laughs> Good choice. The, 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 the first, what, 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 what is the term that the first nonlinear uh yes because it came up during yeah. during the killing for i mean yeah. it may come up next time when we talk about the killing during stanley kubrick <laughs> i believe that film was non-linear <laughs> but this was the original this was the original original non-linear yeah all right bry what do you got for your number two i number one and two like it depends on what second you ask me, they switch back and forth. But as of now, as of this second, um, I'm gonna go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh, one of my favorite. Uh, I just wow, and I, it hasn't always been one of my favorites. It it became one of my favorites because of Film Club. The greatness of Film Club. Look at that. It's been on three of the four of our lists so far. Marco had his number five. Yes. I, ha- I had his number four. Pete doesn't have it yet. Well, we're getting to our number one. Let's just. No, end you know, you no, you know, Pete is going to say "House by the Cemetery." We all know it. For number one, will he? We should find out after this commercial break. By tide, by tide. It's hey, eat a fucking Snickers. They're really good. <laughs> Now back to you. Now back to us. Okay. Uh, my number one is Psycho. It's just, it's, I, I love, it's always been a, I've always loved it. And I've realized that I watched it like three or four times before I even watched it for film club. I was like, oh, and I watched it again. I'm like, man, I can just keep wa- watching this. And that that's one of the things that determined which film I like the most is how many times I could keep watching. I could watch all of these. I can sit down at any point of the day at any time just put on any one of these films that are in my top five of this year and just watch them and that's the top of the list so it's psycho although i i almost i should put rashomon and ikiru above it and i might by the night unless there's a fight i was anyway jesus where are we going this somebody stop stop. (laughs) where we go with this mark up Okay. Number number one, Ikiru. Oh, God damn it! I knew it. I knew it, Mark. Yeah. You had Rashi well, well, oh, oh, you know it. Maybe because as we were walking out of the Egyptian after watching Seven Samurai, I was like, I think Ikiru might be my favorite film of all time. Did that tip you off? Was <laughs> Marco there? Right before you came here, they played Ikiru at one of those theaters. Now, I don't know if it was the Egyptian or another one of them. Yeah, but it was before you came. Oh, here. no. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, for, for me, for me, uh, just personally, the, the film has everything. Uh, most importantly, it's Japanese. 
but also, <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. That's the most important. Uh, yeah, yeah, because anything Japanese automatically goes to, to the top of my list. Um, you know, Marco, he's a genetophile. Yeah, in terms of of the the acting by, it was, now I'm going to forget, Takashi, uh, but also with the storyline and as, uh, uh, and the, the message delivered by the film, because any great art should um, help us to be better people and better humans. And I think uh, the message in Kiru is timeless and, and uh, profound. And, and I, I want to point out is because art has a purpose right there. Raguch, take note of that. That is what art is supposed to do. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. Next. Or sorry. Again, I'm, I'll stop antagonizing. Just, just as food should nurture the body. Art should nurture the soul. Brian, speaking of nurturing, I don't know. I just, okay, what's right. your number one? <laughs> number one, here's the here's deal. Like in listening to you all, I, I realized that I omitted my number one because I actually purposely omitted it because it was one of my favorite movies, if not, you know, tied for my favorite movie. But I also coming into this, I thought, well, I can't list that because I just it's my favorite movie. And I put it on there because it was my month. And so I kind of disqualified it. But after hearing, you know, you, Raguchi, you talk about Cronenberg and Marco, you're talking about like Japanese month. Right. And your Japanese films, not Japanese month, your Japanese films. I realized, you know what, this deserves to be on here. And so I'm going to list this as 1.5, not one, but 1.5. The last black man in San Francisco. Wow. I, 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 there's, I don't know. There are movies that just, again, I, I said it before. This, this movie floored me. This movie absolutely floored me. I've seen it a couple times and it's just, it gets better every time I watch it. It is, if I, if you gave me one word to describe it, it would just be powerful. It's powerful. So, but this leads me to my number one, which is super unexpected for me. It's not the movie that I enjoyed most. It is not. Um, I enjoyed the good, the bad, and the ugly the most. But this movie, the more for every single month that went by, particularly the last two months, I realized, holy shit, this fucking movie is unbelievable. And so I said, wow, I can't wait to go back and read my notes. And I went back and read my notes, and they were very, like, mediocre. So... I clearly didn't get it at the time, but I'm telling you, because of the three of you, I get it now. I understand. My number one movie is Rashomon. Wow. I get it now. I get it. I didn't get it then. I get it now. Wow. So just uh, before Pete gives his, his, uh, his number one, let's just recap. Your number one is Rashomon. Marco's number two is Rashomon. My number two is a tie between Rashomon and Ikiru. And Marco's number one is Ikiru. Pete. I think um, I think this is going to be a debate that Marco and I are going to have for the rest of our lives. Good. Because uh, I have Rashomon at number one and Ikiru at number two. Wow. So apparently, apparently, Marco and I... Uh, have a major disagreement about life right now. So think about um, what he did with Rashomon. Um, just also, also, you guys have to remember the context under which I was watching Ikiru. Uh, 
I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. Okay. But um, no, I, I chose Rashomon because um, not only the nonlinear uh, um, storyline, but also the, just how the movie put you, the viewer, as the like judge and jury of these people. And, and then how we kept going back through it and reading, noticing all the like the things the characters in the background were doing. Um, and then I, I also remember that after I saw it for the next few months, I kept recommending it to like everybody I'd talked to. So I think that like for the three months after I watched it, it was just this like it was it was making me think for about three months. So I had to choose it. Just, uh, th that's why I chose it over Ikaru. Um, can I jump in on that and just say that like I. I you, there are a, now nowadays there's a lot of movies that are non-linear and you know a lot of them are good um but there i don't know i don't i i can't even put it into words there's something about rashomon it, it, fuck it actually i think you said it i think you know what i think you said it it's it's that it's that they really let you be the judge and jury whereas other movies don't do that other movies like will show you but they don't let you be the judge and jury Rashomon does that for you, so you really feel a part of it, and that 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 that's what that's what I guess should have drawn drawn me in at the time, and I was just too too ignorant about in, innovation to to realize how. Great I I really I really think it's a, it's a toss up between the two because Rashomon, in terms of like for the technical, um, let's say the 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 better. Uh, choice for for in terms of of technique and also innovation uh, would be Rashomon, uh, but in terms of storyline, uh, messaging, and main character role, I, I would give it to Ikiru. Remember how how powerful that scene was in Iku where they're at the funeral and the the lead character is not even there, and how that just plays out over twenty minutes. Of them, oh, yeah, learning about his life and the stuff that, yeah. that, yeah. So, two great movies, and they're getting their credit here. So, I just want to say that I um readjusted my my ranking after this conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, my number one is now a tie between Rashomon and Ikiro. And my number two oh. is Psycho. <laughs> that doesn't help it. That your number two is what? Psycho, Psycho. Yeah. So, <laughs> that doesn't help, dude. That doesn't help. Essentially, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Pete's number matter. one is Rashomon. My number one is Rashomon and Ikiru. Marco's number one is Ikiru, and your number one is Rashomon. And, and Marco's and number Bro two is Marco's number two is Rashomon, and Pete's number two is Ikiru. And Brian's number one point five was my number six, but I didn't do ties, so I left. Oh, it so I just for the record, Pete's that would have been a tie for fifth, last black man in San Francisco. Yeah. It's it's a, a wild finish, a wild finish here. And basically, what we need, what we realized tonight is that we all need to just we just need to do another uh, Kurosawa month. So we have three. It's not a finish. We have three more categories. Yeah, we, we do have. This is the, the that was like the main category. We have a few more that kind of wind us down. The next one is. Well, we have three more categories. Three more categories, quick. but there's only one choice for each one. There's not like it'll like, be quick. Five, so it'll be quick. Yeah, let's do it because we're going this, on. It's going to be real quick. Oh my we're god, going on three hours here. I, I, oh I've god. got dinner soon as well. Yeah. Sorry, we'll do. It. Let's go. Let's go. We got this. Come on. Let Marco do. Let Marco vote. Do all his votes, and he can 
No, no, no. We're going. We no, 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 no. I'm not, not much of a rush. I love how Marco was just falling asleep, and I was like, I gotta eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was just going to bed. Okay, Marco, Marco yeah. what's for dinner over there? No, um, we're I, I we're we're doing lentils and cotechino, which is a traditional Italian sausage, typically enjoyed on New Year's. Did I ever did I ever tell you guys about the time that I was with Marco and he was home visiting and he was going from Massachusetts to Baltimore and and he and I listened to his him talk to his mother about what he wanted for food. You know, when you're when you're living away for a while and you come home and you want to eat some comfort food. And it was usually the the question like, oh, I want like sausage and peppers and pasta. Like, oh, okay. And Marco was like, I want pasta. Well, what kind of pasta do you want? And they had like a 20 minute talk about types of pasta. Ponticelli, do you want the, you know, the it, it was that, but then there was a pasta that Marco didn't even know. Cause his mother's like actually from Italy, Italian. He's like, what is that pasta? And she was describing it. And I was listening to that. Oh, actually, Marco, what is your favorite pasta? All right, everybody give top five favorite pastas. <laughs> top five. Number five. Go, Raguj. Farfalla. <laughs> Farfalla. No, no. Supplemental. No. Ooh, the pinwheels <laughs> fuck I, pinwheels are good if you want to like get some sauce logged in there what marco what's the best sauce for pinwheel pasta for a pinwheel pasta uh i mean yeah i, I guess if you wanted to carry like a lot of the sauce like you um i don't know okay let's let's just let's just move on let's go to best supplemental pasta um Sorry, best supplemental film. <laughs> Who's up? Uh, uh, can I just say my, my can I say my favorite pasta is cavatelli? That's a great pasta. It's it, it, I, really, I, I also really like cavatelli. I'll put yeah. it in the eye. I'll stand behind that. It's it's okay, so that's two number ones. We got three number ones, Pete. I like a thick, meaty pasta. You know. That's I mean that's cavatelli. Yeah. Okay. Supplemental. Pete, hold on. Pete left a chat. He said, "No, I didn't." I, Spaghettios. I didn't. Uh, oh yeah, nice. <laughs> I don't look on my lap. Uh, right, this should right. be an easy one. Supplemental. This one should, in my Supplemental. opinion. God damn it! Does anyone want to start? I'll start. I'll start because there's a clear winner. There's a fucking clear winner, and okay. that's it. It's the- do you want to wait? Wait. Oh, did you already? Did you already say it? No. Um. Brian says it's a clear winner. Do we all? How about we all say it at one? The count of three. We Pete's not just said no. I was gonna say at the count of three. We I, all uh, say yeah. Whatever, whatever you're thinking of, Pete has not chosen that for. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. Like, when the, are we gonna be done? It's the it's the trial. That's it. The no, trial. I'm going. With, I'm going with the old Jimbo. Ooh. Wait, wait. Wait. Hold on. That was not this. That was not this year. Uh, Yojimbo was. It was the very, very first movie of 2023 because it was a supplemental award. Oh. Because we were doing the awards and then there were four weeks. And I'm like, oh, but there's a supplemental. And it, and it's oh my God. That was... Into, it was a segue into Sergio Leone month because he was so inspired by. So if you watch Yojimbo and then you watch the Sergio Leone films, it's like, oh my God, this makes so much more sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's. That's that's why Yojimbo wasn't in my month because we had already done it. I'm still sticking with the trial though. Yojimbo is awesome. I'm no, still of course you stick to you. You definitely responded to you. You're you're 
between Hitchcock and Wells, you responded to those those two like early heavy hitter directors, which makes so much sense that you're going to do Kubrick next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. But like, look at my number. My number one was Rashomon. So I'm I'm a Kurosawa dude. I mean, you know, I'm just oh, saying. of course. I mean, Kur oh yeah, Kurosawa is the number one director ever. We we which we've established that. Uh, okay. Uh, my he's, okay. So piggybacking off of Pete because we've been we've been. Um, yojimbo on a lot of these uh awards earlier i almost put yojimbo as my number one but then i was scrolling through it and well actually i, I almost put rope as my number one supplemental that i realized that that was not a supplemental that was me just injecting a hitchcock film into hitchcock month and i that that was going to be my number one like i can't do that that's not cool and then I saw Yojimbo and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Yojimbo's the number one. But then I was scrolling through it, reading through the fine print. And then I saw fucking Candyman. 19, my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Candyman 1994. That, that was slam dunk. Slam dunk. Great. That Candyman 94 and then watching the new Candyman was a great, was a great, um, addition to the alt alt left month that was great <laughs> nice nice one i was i was trying to eject it there the whole time for like the last two gentrification, hours. gentrification is not left or right you motherfucker right, next uh marco marco best supplemental film all right as a runner-up Nosferatu is that that's that's a great film um and for my number one I gotta I gotta do a tie it's a tie between okay. Ron by Kurosawa um one of the one of the best uh Shakespearean adaptations of all time and uh the trial the trial Wow, taking that. I guess that takes that category then. So good. That fucking movie was so good. Uh also Anthony Perkins from Psycho. We got to we got like a double dose of Anthony Perkins. Oh. I gotta look at his filmography and see if he was the same character in every movie. You know what you need to see is you need to see Psycho 2. You really, oh, okay. Yeah, that you used to really do. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. really good, legitimately good. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, dude, this next category. This is interesting. Okay. Wow. Favorite month. Now, this is it's very subjective, and we all have our our opinions. And of course, when we bring a month to the year, that's gonna be, you know, we're gonna have a certain attachment to that. But is that necessarily the month that we choose as our favorite month? As Pete rolls his eyes as I continue to drag on the meeting by doing build up before every award. Pete, it is your turn to start us off. What was your favorite month? I'm going to say my favorite month was Sergio Leone month because I, I experienced Yojimbo in that. And I remember you and I both. Well, we we all were just getting doing a lot of research in that month, and it, it was just a lot of fun, a lot, a real real fun month. Enjoyed it. It was my number one. Awesome, awesome. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. 
And as Brian polishes off the uh, the rest of that bourbon, Marco can tell us. Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Ir- 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 gold? How do you how do you pronounce that? Erie Ir- gold. Ir- gold. <laughs> I took a I took a I took a whiskey break and I um I dipped into the some beer some Lagunitas Lagunitas IPA nice. Lagunitas. Um, yeah yeah for me not even a question not even close it's got to be Kurosawa month uh, favorite director also March was a difficult time helped me out through the month um, so I I think I watched. 40% of his catalog in a single month because it was a so, five, it was a 5 week month and you have a supplemental for every single week so there were a total yeah. of 10 kurosawas so not, it was it was more it was like because i watched films i i was going through them chronologically so i watched films not even on the list and uh sanshiro sugata about the founding of of judo i watched several times during the month so so yeah it was it it was it wasn't 10 viewings it was more like 14 or 15 plus plus also re-watching the films with commentary marco we were just glad you came back to us <laughs> you went deep thanks for coming back we appreciate it it went down the rabbit hole yeah, we, I did that same thing. I watched, I would multiple watched movies that month. And we've all, listen, we've all been there. I had my Mickey month. We've all been there. Well, it's it's easier. Sometimes it's easier to go into certain films and come back out. Like you go into Takashi Miike, it's harder to come out. Dude, one of these months, I'm going to design some kind of like French culture month and we're going to lose Pete. We're going to lose him. Now if you're- And then he's going to come back. He's and still then he's here gonna... now. After okay. two, two hours and fifty minutes. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Next. Um next? You're, you're next, Brad. Who I'll give you a runner-up month. Runner-up month. Orson Welles loved it. So amazing. That's I, the I, first I, loser. I'm glad that Orson Welles is now a part of my life, actually. And my number one month that I uh that I just enjoyed the most, that I was just I was dialed in spaghetti western. Ooh, wow. Sergio Leone. Loved it. Two votes. Two yeah. votes for Sergio Leone. One vote for Kurosawa. One remaining vote for me. Going, you know, going into every year, I have no expectations. I didn't expect this to be such a director every year, but I, I embraced it. I loved it. I love every month. I, I get so excited for every single month, especially when I like I know my month for next month, and it's it, we're just one week in. It you know obviously I get excited for my months, but you know sometimes a month rolls. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes the month rolls are wrong. Are wrong? It's, 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 listen, it's fucking Kurosawa, okay? It's Kurosawa. <laughs> but, not only not only did I like 
enjoy every single film and watch all i think actually there's one film i didn't watch i didn't watch the kashuga which was one of the one of the samurai movies i watched uh, kagamusha kagamusha i didn't watch kagamusha but especially coming from the roots of emrak kurosawa is the roots of emrak and and seeing all those new ways Japanese films and then going back, because they've referenced, Kur remember, he always came up all the time, Kurosawa, Kurosawa, Kurosawa. And then we watched with Jimbo, and it's the year started with your Jimbo, and it seemed very poetic. That just, that Kurosawa month for me was, it just blew my mind. And I just, and then going to see Seven Samurai with Marco, going to see a goddamn three and a half hour movie in a theater and actually sitting through it that that's just a testament to that director can we see set and tango in a movie theater oh my god you need at least four intermissions and how many <laughs> meters because i left just to put it in perspective i left twice to feed the meter during seven samurai <laughs> you need like you get to bring a sleeping bag too. like all right everybody nap time <laughs> it's a nap time intermission it, it would be it would be so much more depressing though it's going to be yeah. I would totally do it if they had that in the theater. I would fucking do that. Oh now. yeah, if we're if we're in like the same city at the same time, it's like a must do. But it has to be reclining seats. Okay, so, so this is so, the last category. Last category. Yeah. So, so so who who knows who knows next year because as, as we know we're we're recording this before the new year and and the new month. But next year, and in twenty twenty four. Who knows? There might be, might be another Kurosawa month. Well, we'll just have to wait and find out for next year. Whoa, he's good. God, fuck, he's gonna leave us hanging. <laughs> he's leaving us hanging. Bry just like his jaw dropped, and he physically had to push his draw jaw back up into <laughs> his mouth. Wow! 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 All right, last last award. We're dragging it out here. This is the above and beyond ward. So the the above and beyond ward could mean many things. Perfect. It could be God, what what Bri, what do you what is your what is the, the, the above and beyond award is just what uh, there's a listen, when you're hosting a month, it's it's no it's it's a big fucking deal. It's a BFD. There are you can you if you're a host, you put a lot into that month. But if one of you you're one of the other three people you can put a lot into it as well. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a host or a viewer, you can go above and beyond during that month and do something that just puts you above the rest. It, you do you do extra research and you bring something else to the table. What that is, it's different every time. So that uh, can you give an example who won last year for above and beyond? That's awesome. That's awesome that you asked me that because I was just looking it up. In 2022, for um it was so it could be a person like for example markets uh pete voted marco's rabbit hole after watching the fog of war so marco went down a rabbit hole so he hasn't come out yet either he thought that was it and then also i it could also be a character in the movie um like for example the characters of leglaire and rebouf uh and <laughs> like just killing themselves from eating and then also Pete's Japanese pancake. He went to a Japanese cafe and got we were watching a movie that revolved around a Japanese pancake, and Pete went to a cafe and got it. That and, was during food month, yeah. 
That was during food month. And Marco voted Caligula, Caligula, the owner of of the penthouse, who actually funded and produced the the film Caligula. So that was kind of above and beyond. And and Brian voted me as as reading the Marlon Brando book. So I read a whole uh, by uh, like a four hundred page biography on Marlon Brando. Every week you came to us with new chapters and new information. Right. So that's th those are some examples of, of above and beyond. And if I could go to, do you want to see 2021's above and beyond? Did we have one? If we did, I'd love to hear it. It's worth it. The extra minute is not going to matter. So it doesn't look like we had above and beyond. Oh, shoot. oh crap. My iPad is about to die. I better. Oh, no. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. one minute not going to matter. Marcos, Marcos <laughs> first. Marcos first. Marco, what is your above and beyond? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta plug in. Uh, He's gonna plug in. last. Ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Uh, you guys Marco, go first. Marco, Marco can we talk to you. Marco, can we talk to your mother? <laughs> uh, if, if you want. <laughs> go, go. Uh, my above and beyond was Warner Herzog that sent a, a, a boat over a mountain in real life that went physically above and beyond what you normally do in film. Can I tell you, I always thought above and beyond had to be one of us. Um, Anthony, he also published a book this year. I think we should add that on to his efforts. Are you um, Pete, are you talking about... Oh, yes. <laughs> he has it right here. Why did you have that next to the computer? Werner Herzog, Every Man for Himself, and God Against All, a memoir. Because Marco fucking gave me this for Christmas. He gifted me this. So I had it, so I had it next to the computer. Yeah, <laughs> that's our shout out. That's our shout out for today. So I'm I am gonna read it. I don't know if it's gonna put me in the running for next year's award, but can I, but I just want we should clar clarify this category because I always thought it was it was for one for it, it was restricted to the four of us like like we never considered actors for this we never considered like you know oh this person did this you know this study for his character or her character we never did that so let's give it to Marco for giving the book and for introducing yeah. us all to Herzog. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, do you have an above and beyond that's one of us? I feel like it's the above and beyond award is for us. Okay, I under I understand where you're coming from, but I'm looking at the the only time we've ever given above and beyond <laughs> reward. It, no, I get I, I get you, I get you. So when we nominated it, but but whenever we talk about it, right in in our side conversations and in the chat, whenever we talk about it, the above and beyond award is for us. That's um I propose here on here on in I propose that the above and beyond the award be restricted to the four of us. A little a little a little extra. Because the uh, it's for going above and beyond in the task of watching movies. Everybody is set with the task of watching movies, but the person who does the extra research goes above and beyond. We're not giving it to actors, right? Because if, if so, like, again, yeah, like fucking pulling a boat over a hill would definitely get that. But there's always there's already a category for that best practical effect. Doing it I, 50 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I'll support that. I, I think the above and beyond award should be uh, internally focused. 
Yeah. I, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll give a vote for an internally focused one. Okay, go for it. Okay, so on a on a slightly related tangent, I'm giving my above and beyond award to whoever made our podcast theme music. Um, it's neat. It's not any of us. It's it's it's. Then tangentially, I'm giving it to you for hiring that person or asking them to do it. Um, it's neither. Oh, of it's it's a it's like a it's a random free download site <laughs> that I downloaded off of. Okay. And I'm giving it. it I'm, I'm giving you the award for your download. I I did have to edit it. I had to edit out because when you when you when you download like a free theme, that comes with a watermark, which is like this is downloaded from blah blah. So I had to edit that out. So I'll I'll accept that. Okay. Piece. <laughs> I did ask uh, two people to do it with their kind of putting uh, it off in the back burner, and maybe one day, but. No, no, I say we keep, I actually love our theme. Let's keep it. Um, and I'm all, I'm also, I'm, hey, I, I am down for keeping it limited to, to one of us. So I will adjust my score while you guys give your scores. Okay. Who's next? Marco, above and beyond. All right. So I'm going to give my above and beyond award to Renzo for the month of June. Uh, I, I wrote down the, the total, uh, viewing time for the month, which was, uh, 15 hours and 43 minutes for four films for an average viewing time of four hours each. So, <laughs> so, so by extension, uh, I'm going to give the award to everybody for being so willing to go on that journey. Uh, and finishing off with a seven-plus-hour Hungarian film, uh, Tango. So that's that's my vote. Which one? Which one? Numerous awards tonight, Tango, I should say. Got to tell Renzo. I'm sure that'll make him very miserable. <laughs> as 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 he does. Um, Bri, what's your, what's your, what's your above and beyond award? Well, I have a worthy of mention and I got to say, Marco, I love what you just said. My worthy of mention was all of us for watching Satin Tango. That's my worthy of mention, but I also have a runner up and my runner up is Renzo. And if you remember, Renzo read a 600-page novel for Satin Tango, right? That's my runner-up. But my winner, which was a clear winner, which, like, you can't even predict. Like, when you, when you think about – when you think about what Above and Beyond is, you're like, oh, they read the novel – Oh, they read all these articles. Oh, they watched a long movie. Oh, they watched these extra movies. No, 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 no. This was something you couldn't fucking predict. This is so out of the realm of like what you would expect and what any human brain could possibly think of. My Above and Beyond Award goes to Peter Vandal, who during Hitchcock Month thought to go on to Pete, I'm sorry, what website was it? Oh, eBay. eBay, which, by the way, everybody, 
still is in existence. eBay still works. So eBay is still it. He went on eBay and I would say he bought it, but no, that's not how eBay works. He bid on it. Pete literally bid on an autographed photo of Kim Novak, who is the fucking the the lead actress in one of Hitchcock's movies. Which one do you remember which one it was? I want to say I want I don't know. I want to say Vertigo. I forget though exactly. And did not tell anybody. And one day I got a package in the mail from no one and I opened it up and it was an autographed fucking black and white portrait of Kim Novak. And that's my above and beyond the ward. And I'm not sure Uh, that anybody possibly matched that. Yeah, she's Vertigo. And and unfortunately, Vertigo didn't get votes tonight, but we enjoyed it. Good movie. Well, it just got one vote. Yeah. Well, well, I I completely forgot about that, but now that I remember it, I think I feel like I have to nominate that as the above and beyond. Because before that, I had, I actually did have other than Fitzcarraldo, I had Renzo reading the Satan Tango novel. And the, but when the, you realize that Renzo does that every day, but the thing is, it's it's a novel that has no paragraphs. That's what made it especially <laughs> especially uh, above and beyond. It's it's. It, it, unpleasant as it is watching the movie but still yeah pete doing that was was gold gold so let's give it to pete i forgot that it had no paragraph. no, no i'd no say enough. i'd say i'd say give it to renzo because literally that thing cost me 15 dollars. so like renzo put it renzo gets it man he did you bid on, Marco, you bid on. Can, can we confirm whether or not renzo finished the novel because i think that he finished it he's renzo I mean, I, I can I can ask him right now. Ask him right now, and I can I can go into something else because Renzo. I, I could have done that, Marco. Where'd he go? He so now that we're uh, on, okay, I'll, I'll ask him later. All right, ask him later. Now that we're on Kubrick month, he I was I was talking with Marco and Renzo. Oh wait 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 wait! Here, here oh. he comes, Renzo. Okay. Oh my God! We got to get. Did you ever finish the Satin Tango novel? How far did you get into it? You got halfway. Fuck it. It's Pete. He has no. He does not care about us. He does not care about the film. It is clear. It's clear. It's clear. So the book sucked. I mean, to his defense, it has no fucking paragraphs. And and on um on that note, I do have here looking forward to next month a ver- my version of a Clockwork Orange, which I got out of the library. And according to Renzo, oh, you just gotta get you just gotta like get used to the vocabulary. The major there there apparently, Anthony Burgess made up his own slang. And and it's like an invented language. <laughs> so every every other sentence, I am looking up a word in a dictionary. So we'll we'll get. All right, all right guys, I I'm I'm gonna have to depart. Um, but but I, before before I go before I go, you know, first of all, amazing awards. Uh, I forgot I had written a note. Just want to throw this in there under best supplemental. I also had as a runner up. Uh, the Paul Masson wine commercial outtakes with Orson Welles. Nah. I, 
definitely deserves a shout out. But anyway, anyway, it's it's New Year's dinner. I I I must I must get going. Well, New Year's dinner. We're still in. Hold on, we're still in 2023, Marco. Um. Well, in the Brindore family, we we celebrated a week early. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what we do. All right. Well, you motherfucking 2023 is behind us. 2024. It's been an amazing year for MRAC. This is this has been. I'm I'm all warm and fuzzy inside. I just I, I love this our our meets our talks and we can we can culminate in this ridiculousness that we do at the end of the year and yeah yeah I'm just trying to do a closing. If anyone's got any plugs or anything, anything want to plug? I, I gotta run. I gotta run. All right, Marco's gonna plug running. Oh, guys. Pete's waving. If you want to re- reach out us, mrackfilmclub at gmail.com. And we'll see you next year in January for for yeah next year Stanley Kubrick 2024. I get a couple more hours if you want to hang on. <laughs> you want to just just talk? He was just reflect right. for two hours. I'm out. Cheers, guys. All right. Hello, All right. Guys. I'm gonna go too. See ya. See ya. See you next week. Did we mention last time that we that I attempted to watch Top Gun, but and up. and failed and failed. We we Wait, we, we have not. Yeah, we have we have not uh, filled the requirements of the kill switch of the MRAC kill switch. Wait, you you tried to watch it and you failed. It was at the end. Yeah. of it was Christmas Eve at the very who, end of the night, and who we, falls and we asleep had, during Top Gun? Well, the the person that I think we had was that the night that we had uh, between me and Renzo and and some a little bit of you. We had that bottle of Maker's Mark, or was that the night after? It was predominantly you and Renzo. I had like <laughs> I had one eggnog, and then the bottle was gone. Yeah, so that's why that's why you pass out. I mean, of not not Top taking anything from Top Gun, which is a riveting movie about, from what I can tell, people flying around in planes. You- you can't comment on the it best point. Unless you see it, I'm sorry. You cannot. Well, oh, you cannot oh no, no, no. We we already agreed. We already uh, this week. We have to do Top Gun and Tacos. Like he doesn't I, get out of this. Unfortunately, I do have to sit through that again. Just this time, I have to be conscious and awake. I guess. I want you to be open because I think I think that the film does a couple things pretty extraordinarily. I, I really do. I've rewatched it recently, and I think it does a couple things very in a very extraordinary manner. So, All right. Yeah, I, I well, we do, we okay. just because we watched it in Chicago. Brian and I watched it in Chicago, <laughs> and we just we like we would classify it as, as a quote unquote like perfect film, and that there's nothing extraneous about the, like everything that needs to be there is yeah. there. Like all the elements that make an entertaining movie are perfect. Not a, not a perfect film, a perfect movie. I, I think is yeah. is the right way to describe it. Actually, um, and that's not an easy thing to do. Sounds like you you guys didn't have a bottle of Maker's Mark. You you polished off a bottle of crack or something. I don't know. We, what you guys we may have had some some crack. I haven't beer. seen it though. I haven't seen it. I have. I'm, I'm gonna. No, you haven't. That's, have, that's you exactly have. right. You have a whole lot to say without never having seen a movie. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I kid. I kid. I jest.
but who directed it? Who directed Top Gun? Is it any? Is it a Stanley Kubrick? That was Tony Tony Scott. That was, that was Ridley Ridley Scott's brother. That was you know. Remember, it was supposed to be uh, a Cronenberg, but he turned it down. I again, we oh, I, that's I, right. I didn't give anything to, for that in Cronenberg mouth. I imagine that we met. It could go from this to being my favorite movie. Like, oh, Top Gun is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so before, imagine like the death of goose as a body horror scene like that would that would have taken that movie in a totally different direction hey spoilers here come on whoa whoa uh, wait no everybody look like Raguchi is the only person on earth who hasn't seen top gun and he already knows that goose is dead i think he means he's spoiling it for me i think that you're spoiling it for me i think that's what brian was yeah. referencing. but Oh yeah, wow! Well. 